good evening. My name is Richard. This is over and over and over again. And it might be a slightly different evening, but it's Christmas, so it's acceptable. Um, this is the Arsenal Women's Show. It is a very special edition. It is, of course, a 2023 yearly review. So we're going to look back on the year of 2023. It's had its ups and downs, hasn't it? It's been um, a successful year in terms of a trophy that we brought home. Um, also, there's been some frustrations as well, some disappointments, and, of course, some serious injury problems as well. Uh, there was a World Cup in 2023 as well, so we'll maybe have a little look at that as well. Um, so this is going to be all about the year of 2023. It's going to be good. And we're going to give out our awards as well. Um, only, they're only a bit of fun, um, and I'm sure the winners will be pleased that they've won, but we'll do that as well. So it's all coming up the other side of this. And of course, joining us is our usual panel, of course. Andreas, how are you? I know you've not been feeling too well. Good to see you with us. Yeah, good evening, everybody. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I'm I'm not too too good, but uh, I caught a terrible flu a few days before Christmas. Yeah, and, sorry. yeah I didn't have the best Christmas at all. But um, anyway, it's better now. Not really good, but better. And uh, I'm sure that being on the show and discussing all the Arsenal subject will help me to feel a lot better tonight. So looking forward to the show. Well, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of medication for you, isn't it? You know, coming on here. <laughs> You don't need a doctor, you just need to come on with us and we'll, we'll, we'll make Oh, there are plenty of good doctors in Germany, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, and Emma as well, of course, you're actually on time today as well, which is nice. It's good to see you actually. Yeah, was, seven. Uh, I was on my day off, it was good, it was good. Couldn't say as well, it was my day off, and yeah, it's had my dinner, and now, yeah, join you guys. So, back on what's been an eventful year, so now I'll be good. It has. It has been an eventful year. That's a very good way to describe it. Now, um, just before we get into it all, just a few um, statistics for you for the year. The Arsenal women played 37 matches in all competitions, 22 yeah. wins, 6 draws and 9 defeats, 84 goals scored, 38 conceded. So we conceded virtually a goal a game um, and conceded what uh, scored um, sort of more than two a game. Uh, the top goal scorer in 2023 for Arsenal women was, unsurprisingly, maybe uh, Stina Blackstenius. She scored 18 goals across the year. 18? Um, second, nice. say 18, yeah. Second was Frieda Marnham with 14. So she scored a lot of goals. And third was Caitlin Ford with 10. Of course, those three did play in, you know, the end of last season and the start of this season. Russo's got six as well. Obviously, she only played half the year. Yeah. So she's worth a mention as well. Um, Katie McCabe scored five along with Kim Little as well. So um, a lot of different goal scorers as well throughout the squad, including, of course, Michelle Abermang, who scored in the FA Cup back in January. Yeah. Um, good to see her on the score sheet. Uh, and, of course, more recently, Beth Mead as well, getting back on the score sheet, which we'll come on to as well um, a little bit later. So, I mean, you know, obviously there was um, 22 wins out of 37 games, which, which isn't maybe as many as... We maybe no. hope there would be, but I do think there's been one or two reasons as to why maybe the win number was not quite as high this year. We know the injuries that we had, uh, but of course, we did win the Continental Cup, which uh, we will talk about obviously a little bit more. I mean, overall then, obviously, in terms of the the WSL year, 
Um, you know, we started the year in second place. We finished the year in second place. So you could <laughs> say there hasn't been too much sort of changes, really. But obviously, the league title challenge kind of fell, fell away towards the end of last season, which we spoke about in the summer. And this season, we've had some good moments and some bad moments, of course, at either end, haven't we? Defeating our first game and defeating our most recent game as well. So, but a lot of wins in between. Um, I mean, Andreas, what have you made of the year overall? Because obviously, we did win a trophy. Um, and, you know, our first trophy for four years. So it's definitely worth celebrating. It was beating Chelsea as well. We'll talk about that a bit more. But what did you make of the year as a whole for the Arsenal women? Do you think it's been a year of progress? Yes. Yes. Uh, if you if you ask uh, whether it's, this was a perfect year, so I would say no. But a year of progress, uh, yes, definitely. Um, we developed and uh, the circumstances, uh, at least in, in the second half of last season, terrible. I can't remember another team uh, that had such an injury crisis over over a whole season. And uh, yeah, what mm. we made out of this, this terrible injury crisis and in, in the season is uh, we finished third in the league. Uh, this <laughs> this gave us the, uh, the qualification spot for Champions League. Of course, we didn't make anything of it, but uh, it was a success to finish third in the league. And um, yeah, and the togetherness, the resilience of the team, and yeah. Uh, yeah, how they found together as yeah, it's more more than just a football team. It's it's familiar atmosphere, and you uh, you can feel it in, in every statement from the players that they feel uh, together and and like family, like never before, uh, where they played in in other clubs or other teams. Uh, so this is uh, a major point of of the last season and. Uh, and the progress, I think, is um, yeah, the way we play, uh, the, the tactics and the development of the team. Uh, of course, we had a sloppy start in, in the new season, but uh, there are reasons for this. We discussed it with the World Cup and, and nearly no break for all the players who, who were in, in semi-final of the World Cup. Of course, disappointing start with the Champions qualifiers and, and uh, the defeat in the first um, match of the WSL season. But then uh, the team showed development and showed progress, and uh, the results were really good until the last week. The last week of the <coughs> of this season was, of course, disappointing again. And um, yeah, as I say, sometimes football writes stories uh, you wouldn't believe. We started mm -hmm. this season with a three-three and a penalty shootout in a cup competition in the one WSL, and we finished with a 3-3 in the cup competition with penalty shooter and a 1-0 defeat in the league. It's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this happens. And uh, in between these, these results, we had a very good uh, first half of the new season. Uh, the new players coming in, uh, they fitted in very well. Uh, yeah, the team developed. And I think overall, it was, as you said, a year of progress. It was a year with with uh, one trophy uh, with the Conti Cup. And this was a really great moment, a special moment for everybody involved. So overall, it was a good year, not the perfect year, but a good year for the Arsenal women. Yeah, it was. And I mean, I think that obviously this time last year, I think all all of us here would have been hoping that the, the team would win a trophy, first of all. And, and we did that. So that was one big tick against the, the year, wasn't it? Because I think it had been a long time since we'd won anything. And I think that was really important that we did end that run 
and get a trophy, especially for Jonas, his first trophy as manager. I think that was important as well. Um, so, obviously, in terms of, yes, it was maybe out of the three trophies we could have won um, at this point last year, I guess that was the least important one, maybe. But it's, it could prove to be the most important because it was the, the one that we did win. And if it's going to be the spring ball to better things, then, you know, you have to win something. And we did. So, that was a positive, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know... In a way, I can I can agree that it has been a year of progress, but equally, we're sitting here almost in the same position we were this time last year. We're still mm-hmm. trailing Chelsea in the league. You know, the only difference is we've got a trophy and we've had a real positive impact with the new signings that we've made in the last year. The two trophies, we'll talk about them as well. But but yeah, I mean, um, I suppose it has been a year of progress in terms of the, the, the way we're playing, the style of football the strength in depth that we've now got from this time last year. So, yeah, it has been progress. Maybe not as fast a progress as we would have hoped for. But, uh, I mean, Amar, do you think it's been a, a good year overall? Well, obviously, there, there's things we need to do better this coming year, don't we? Which we'll talk about that as well. But do you think it's been a, a year of progress overall? Yeah, well, it's had its ups and downs. It's been a way of uh, challenges more, hasn't it? If you think about it, it would have thought unprecedented. You need four of your key players losing to knee injuries. That's just unheard of, isn't it? And all known when you look at other teams, have hardly had any injuries, uh, that same number of injuries in, in so many years. And yeah, it goes to show that, as, as Andreas was rightly referring to, the togetherness of the squad has been that they're wanting to play for each other and play for the fans, uh, cope against adversity, appraise the resilience of this squad. It's not just with the women's team, but with the men's team as well. It's installed all throughout, and I think it's not. I don't know. I don't know where they find it from, but yeah, it's just that they said they want to play for their teammates, and uh, yeah, well, it has a plenty of ups and downs, mostly downs. But we've been, we, I've been very. It's been, uh, it's been a challenging watch at times, and you have to put into perspective what's been happening. But they always give it their all, and they're always willing to work hard for one another and work hard for the manager. The manager can sometimes let us down a little bit with the tactics as well, and uh, we saw recently in the. Uh, game against Spurs, for example, and we just need to be a bit more consistent overall. If we can just be that more consistent and uh, and uh, and p- keep producing, it's not easy to produce week in, week out, especially with all, all that talent missing. But if we can sign well in January and uh, keep that consistency going, who knows what might happen next year. But it's been good to see that they've stuck with each other through the hard times, thick and thin, and uh, they're, they've, that's shown in the football. Uh, new players have uh, been embedded in well, and uh, yeah, it's produced good results. So if you'd have said, oh, we get a trophy, Finish here, Champions League semi-final. I think I think a lot of people would uh, would have snapped your hand off with that. Though, if you'd have said, "Oh, what we're going to happen this year?" So no, whilst it's had its ups and downs, it has been a year of progress, and the players have definitely shown what it means to play for the badge. So it's been good to see. Yeah, I mean it has. I, I think it's been in some ways maybe uh, there's been quite a lot of transition, hasn't there, in the season as well? What with the yeah. injuries. We've made a lot of new signings over the two transfer windows in January and in the summer. And I think that there's been quite a lot of, um, of turmoil at the club in many ways. I say partly due to the injuries that we suffered, the fact yeah. that, you know, our, our league... In fact, in, in 2023, we lost six games in the WSL. Out of those nine defeats, six were in the WSL. And when you think that since Jonas took over, we've only lost eight games in the WSL and yeah. six of them came in 2023. It kind of goes to show the transitional maybe nature of the year yes, and yeah. the turmoil that we had to suffer in terms of the injuries and the, yes. you know players having to play out of position. Some players who maybe played more games than they generally would have done and it's this kind of stuff. And I think that's, that's the reason for that. But hopefully um, now we're starting to see a much more settled squad 
um, and a settled group of players. And I think that you saw that the way we finished the year. OK, we'll forget the Tottenham game for a minute. But the way we finished the year suggests to me that we're going to be more settled now going forward into the new year. Maybe some new signings might come as well. We'll have to see. But but yeah, I do think it has been progress. Maybe not quite as fast a progress as we hoped for, but I do think there are reasons for that. As we've mentioned, the injuries mainly and the fact that, you know, we, we was uh, basically thrown such a difficult um, such a difficult hand with the injuries just before the, the turn of the year and, of course, the couple that came later on as well afterwards. So it's, it's been tough, but, you know, we've um, it, it's... It has been a, it has been positive over on a trophy. You can't not winning a trophy. That's brilliant. Um, Terry says, uh, "Good evening, Richard, international man of mystery, Andreas." And eight o'clock MR at seven for yeah, he's on time today, which is good. Um, hope you want to have a great Christmas. It was very good. Yeah, yeah well, Andreas did quite Christmas, but um, anyway, um, Dan's in the chat as well. LG yeah. says nine losses when Chelsea only tend to lose just two in a year. Not great. Yeah, I mean, obviously our nine losses yeah, were in all the competition. Six. WSL, and you're right, Chelsea lose two or three in a calendar year, if that, don't they? So you can see that's that's something that we need to put right into 2024 if we're going to be successful domestically, definitely. And it's something that we have to look at, and I'm sure that we will. Um, so let's see. Uh, Terry says there, uh, come on, chat, hit the like button um, early for the guys on the panel. Let's show them some love like we do at the Arsenal. Yeah, give us a like if you're enjoying what we do, yeah? Uh, Greg says, all things considered, it's been a very good year. Yeah, and I think all the things considered need to be taken into account. And that's obviously hampered our progress a little bit um, more than it maybe would have done. Um, Hella Hella says, hi, everyone. I think uh, Steph um, Catley uh, needs replacement. You, you think Steph Catley needs replacing? No, she doesn't need replacing. I don't, Steph Catley needs replacing? No, I don't think so. Terry says, 100% agree. Well, what we've got to remember is we're the Arsenal. Nothing ever goes completely smoothly. Well, that's very true. That is very true. Um, <laughs> we have to do things hard way and this year we certainly had to do things a hard way didn't we um it was it was challenging at times wasn't it for everybody and, and i think that you know we've mentioned it already the the togetherness of the team and i think maybe the fact that we had all this adversity to deal with helped pull everybody together because we had to we had no choice we had to all pull together to, to get anything sorted and in the end we managed to, to win that trophy as well and i don't and i don't think we can underestimate how important that is for this group of players and, and I say moving forward the confidence that we've got we saw in a recent game against Chelsea we've got confidence that we can beat Chelsea now because we beat him in that cup final and we show that we can beat him again and I think all these things are positives moving forward and you know although it's been a tough year although there's been a lot of disappointments a lot of defeats more defeats than we've had in a calendar year probably for a very long time maybe ever I don't know without checking all the previous years it seemed a lot of defeats to be fair um, but despite all of that um, there's a lot of positives that we can pull out of it all to going forward in, into the new year. Um, yeah. I mean, if we look at the, the WSL, obviously that's the, the majority of our games are in the league. The WSL, that, that's the bread and butter, isn't it? You know, and obviously we finished third in the end, which I think maybe we was a little bit disappointed because we were second at the turn of the year. We were battling away with Chelsea. We, we maybe felt we could have gone on even despite our injury issues. And uh, I suppose it was satisfactory. And again, the start of this season, we're sitting third now, aren't we? As it happens, because Man City gone above us on goal difference that last week. So it seems like we've in the WSL, we seem to have stood still a little bit. Again, there's reasons for that, mm. uh, but it's been um, there has been, I say, those signs of progress that we can see. I mean, Andreas, in terms of the league, then obviously we did come third, we got the Champions League spot, even though it didn't work out as we know, um, and we've started this season. 
two defeats already isn't ideal when you look at generally how many defeats you can get away with. But I, I think the WSL year has been a little bit um, stagnant for me. We haven't, we don't, we've made progress overall as a club, but maybe in the WSL, I don't feel we've made as much progress as I expected us to. Really, would you agree, or do you think maybe that we have progressed in this last year in, in, in domestically? If you only look uh, on the on the results uh, in, in in WSL, of course uh, we didn't the best season, but uh, yeah, um, we just said it. it. It's it was the injury crisis, and then uh, a lot of new players. Uh, no, no real summer holiday for the players. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, yeah, um, the comment with, with the nine defeats come Chelsea's two defeats. That's right. That makes the difference. That's why Chelsea always wins the title or wins wins uh, the league and the FA Cup because uh, they win their games. I, I said it very often in our in our show. Uh, Chelsea doesn't play good. Uh, they they didn't play a good season so far, but, but they are winning their matches. And if we don't play good or, or have a weaker match and we lose. We lose. We lost against Liverpool, we lost against Spurs. Uh, Chelsea doesn't play well uh, and they win 2-1 or 3-2 or something like that. That's the difference and I think in, in this disconnect we have to develop or we have to make progress that we are able uh, to, to win the big matches. We are able to beat Chelsea and City. Uh, but now we are losing against the mid-table teams. Uh, yeah. So, WSL, yeah, it's it was not our best year. And um, we, now, we now have to concentrate on, on these matches against the mid-table teams and win, win the matches uh, before them where we say, uh, this is a must win, we need the three points. Uh, it doesn't matter... If it's a 1-0 or, or a 5-0, we need the three points. Yeah, we need to win these matches, uh, unnecessary points, and that, that made our season so difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're right. And, yeah, we, we, we did lose too many of the games that we couldn't afford to lose, I suppose, ultimately. That's what's cost us, of course it has. Um, and this season seems to be a similar story to a certain degree. You know, we... we We've lost games that we shouldn't have lost and could cost us, but we'll see. Um, funny enough, we haven't. We, we've beaten the, the, the top teams that we played this season, and we've lost the two of the teams that we would have expected to have beaten. And you know, a bit like when we lost to Birmingham a couple of couple of years ago, isn't it? It's a similar kind of situation. We're losing games that we shouldn't lose and winning the games that we're not expected to sometimes win. So, um, I mean, am I in it? Obviously, in terms of the domestic kind of league, then for for twenty twenty three, it's been I think hit and miss. And we know the reasons for that, and we're not going to, you know, we can't dismiss the reasons, but it has been quite hit and miss, hasn't it, in the WSL over the year 2023? Six defeats is far too many in a calendar year if you want to be successful, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I agree. Yeah, it's not been brilliant to us. There's a couple of those defeats were coming towards after Champions League, and you know, when you had all those key players missing, the Chelsea and Villa, the last two games, there were reasons for those. Okay, we lost to Man City where our record was terrible there. I mean, if we're going to win the title, those are the games you have to at least get points out of. And uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, we've shown that as well. Uh, it's shown that you have to at least get something. It's a top place to go. We have to attend. It's uh, you have to uh, at least try to get uh, 
results out of those games if we're going to go all the way. Yeah, Chelsea and lost twice. I mean, okay, it's easy to say find there. The squad depth is great, but also you have to factor in they don't have the same injuries we have. And okay, yeah, they've lost. I've had one of the good Guru Ryan's missed some of this injury, but they haven't lost like the likes of Dorian James or Jesse Fleming or Sam Kerr, and they haven't had the similar serious injuries. So yeah, whilst whilst they've only lost twice, fine. Okay, the only other team to beat them, I think, this season and uh, well, this year this whole year was Barcelona. So it goes to show, yeah. Uh, it hasn't been great for us, yeah. We won a great run, and it just goes to show we could lose to teams like Liverpool. Yeah, it's it is frustrating, as you say. We won a great run, we had a good chance to carry on against Spurs. But I think a lot of it is, is the players try their hard, but I just think the manager needs to rethink his tactics in there in a bit more. You know, sometimes he does let us down with his ta- tactics, leaving players on the bench longer than they should, and bringing on players like the classic example was against Spurs when he won Viv, it was crying out again like the Bristol City game early in the season for somebody like Stina to come on. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not, with, I'm not, I hope she stays with us, but you know, if she continues to be warm the bench, for example, I don't know if she'd want to stay with us because she's, that game is crying out for her to, that sort of game is crying out for her to make a difference. And without her, we, we, we with her on the pitch, we would have, I think we would have definitely got something out of that game, for example. So whilst the, yeah, whilst the injured players have to come back, we'll be interested to see if they sign in January. I think they may be linked with one or two players, but they're going to compete with the, for the title, they will be uh, Kim, even Kim Little wasn't playing in that game, but we chose that she's an integral player for us as well. But you, know, you have to be almost perfect, you can't afford slip ups in what's only a 22 game season. It's not like I mean, it's not really comparable to the men's or the 38 games, but where you can maybe have an odd bad result in this one, you have to be almost perfect when you're coming up against teams like Chelsea and Man City. So, yeah, it has not been great on that front, but it, it, we are capable of going on a good run, and um, we want our key players coming back. so Hopefully, um, hopefully we don't have a similar injury crisis uh, in 2024 to the one we had in 23. But goes to show that you can you cannot really afford to have any poor performances. Therefore, otherwise, otherwise then you're relying on other teams to drop points, and yeah, and you and then the pressure's on very straight back on you. So, it, well, it, there are lessons to be learned. It's it, it is good. I don't know whether Jonas will rethink his tactics going forward, but I mean, it's it's obvious that in the when the things aren't going right, he has to be a bit more decisive in that regard, and then the players will be able to uh, respond in that uh, respond in the way that we we want and maybe expect of them. So going forward, that's a lesson to be learned. But overall, I'd say yeah, it's it's been mixed progress, but there's definitely a lot to learn going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree in that Tottenham game because um, Viv, as great a player as we know she is, and um, she's not match ready yet. You could clearly uh, see she, she wasn't match no, ready yet no. when she's played in the previous games that she'd played in. And to throw her on so early against Tottenham, Madden. and she never had any impact in that game at all, none whatsoever. And that's not her fault. She's not match fit and she needs minutes to get match fit. But in a game yeah. when you're losing 1-0... What you've got to do is you've got to bring on a player who's most likely to get you the goal. And Steve, our top scorer, is more likely to get us a goal at this moment in time than Viv is. Because Viv isn't quite that sharp yet because she hasn't played for a year. So, of course, she's not. And she came on. She, she, I thought that was, you know, again, I'm not blaming her. I thought that was her worst ever performance in an Arsenal shirt for that half an hour that she played she wasn't because she wasn't sharp. The ball was ru- running off her foot. She was just, you know, she was getting tackled constantly. She couldn't go past players. Her passing yeah, was yeah, off. Yeah. And, you know, she wasn't, she clearly wasn't ready for that level of competition at that time, for that long in a game. 
maybe bring her on five, ten minutes to go. She might have nicked as a goal. She got an equaliser yeah, as first yeah. a couple of years ago in the last minute. But yeah. I thought that was the wrong decision to bring her on that early when we've got a top scorer who'd scored in four of her last five appearances. Yeah. She was stuck on the bench till what? Ten minutes to go. Crazy. That should have been the other way round. Everybody could see that. And yes, obviously Jonas has to take responsibility for that. And I agree, he's done that a few times, made the wrong substitutions, not changing things early enough. He did it against Liverpool when we lost as well. And it's it's all very well said. I'm going to keep faith in this group of players. It's this start 11 that I've got. But mm-hmm. sometimes you've got to look at it and say, you know what? We need something different and we need to do it earlier to give us yeah, a chance. Yeah. I think at those substitutes... Add, 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 I mean, Steen didn't have any impact in the game. She was only on for 10 minutes. But as she come on after 60 minutes with half an hour to play, she may well have got us a goal because that's what she's done so often. So, yeah, I think that particular defeat was definitely on Jonas, 100%. He needed to do better in his game management that particular day. And that could prove costly at the end of it. But over the course of the year, I don't think we can have too many complaints because of the injuries that we had. A lot of the times he was forced into certain changes. He was forced into playing players that wouldn't ordinarily have played and stuff like that. So I don't think we can blame Jonas overall, but certainly right. for that one day, 100%, it was his, he was definitely responsible for us losing that game in the end. 100% he was, and that, that's a shame. Um, Hannah Hannah says, Emily Fox, Mary Earps to Arsenal in January. I'm not <laughs> sure Mary Earps is coming in January. Emily Fox has been mentioned, whether that's yeah, going to be judgment or summer, we'll have to see. Um, but let's wait and see. January transfer window open soon, so it's exciting times to come now. Yeah. Um, LG says there, I'm not a big Jonas fan, as I feel he is, wasting this immensely talented group of girls, uh, but I'll give him a pass yeah, for now. I mean, yeah, I, I do think that it, you, we need to bear in mind the injury issues that he's had. And even now, you know, Viv's still not at her back to her best. She's a key player, massively key player for us. So I do think that there are certain extenuating circumstances that we can give Jonas a little bit of a free pass. I agree. Um, but you're right. Once we start getting our players back fit again, he's got, with, with the group of players that we've got, he's really got no excuse. We can't make excuses for him if we don't be successful with the players that we've got. We have to. So you're absolutely right. Um, there will there won't be any more excuses in 2024. I'm sure we won't have the same injuries that we had. Um, and it's just a matter of um, getting it to work. Uh, Terry says, the girl stuffed Chelsea and went and blew it against Spurs. That's true, yeah. I think this little break... Will I the girls yeah, I do think that the break's come at a good time for us, maybe. Had we beaten Spurs with the momentum that we would have had having beaten Chelsea the week before, maybe you could say the break was a bad time. But I think now it probably has come at a good time. We've got a chance to regroup. Hopefully, Viv can get a little bit fitter, um, you know, and... and I mean, Beth's back now to a normal back Beth anyway, so that's fine. And, you know, maybe we can start to um, get going again in January. Let's hope so. LG says, uh, don't forget, in the six WSL losses in 2023, three of those were against Villa, Liverpool and Spurs, which we always tended to win, especially in the Joe Montemuro era. We nearly lost to Leicester. I mean, yeah, that's true. You're right. Those three defeats are games that we would expect to have won. Absolutely. 100% I expected to win all three of those games. And we didn't for one reason or another. The Villa game right at the very end of last season, the title had gone. The top three was already guaranteed. Maybe we wasn't quite um, focused as much on that game. We'll excuse that one. But Liverpool and Spurs, yes, that six points we've dropped. 100% we've thrown away. We shouldn't be losing to those teams. And yes, there were circumstances. Liverpool game, we know Spurs was just a total disaster of a game, really, let's be honest. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. That, that is something you know we, we've we've done pretty well in against the the better teams generally. Yes, Man United we still struggle against. We've got a draw with them obviously this season. We lost at Man City. We lost at Chelsea. Um, but yeah, I think overall those three defeats are right. They aren't games we should be losing. Absolutely, definitely not. Um, Terry says there's spot on MI. Jonas leaving changes far too late for me, and Steena not starting is criminal. I agree yeah. 100%. You know, I do. Um, Hannah Hannah says, why not play Steena, keep Viv, or Seller? Well, no, we don't want to sell her, but um, we need to keep Viv. Um, <laughs> but she yeah. just needs to get fit again. She needs, yeah, she needs minutes on the pitch to do that, but we've got to look, you've got to manage the game right, haven't you? LG says there, the one game in 21 22 against Birmingham when we lost, uh, the league was totally yeah. on Jonas. Um, I've seen this move before. Yeah, again, again, maybe that was that was the game, wasn't it? When Leah Valti got injured in the warm-up, wasn't it? And she pulled out the last minute, or she was ill or something. I can't remember. Caitlin weren't like, available either, as well. I remember. Yeah, and I'm not saying that Jonas can be completely forgiven for that defeat, but but you're right, that was a costly defeat, and we should have been better in that game, absolutely 100. But you know. Let, let's see. I, I agree. I think we need to make some extenuating circumstances for what happened in 2023 to a certain degree. And yes, you're right. No more excuses. No more excuses going forward. We've got to put those mistakes right. And um, and hopefully 2024 will be um, an even better year. It had been a bad year. Let, let's not get too down on that top. Oh, yeah, I know awesome. we're still annoyed, annoyed about that. Understandably so, but... Um, it's been a good year, so why don't we celebrate? Why don't we celebrate the good things, mostly good things about 2023? And let's have a look at some of the awards, shall we? Now, there's a lot of um, a lot of di different um, opinions. I'm sure we'll have to choose from here. So why don't we start with this particular award? Which, again, I think there's two or three big big shouts for this one. But let's see what you guys think. <laughs> So the first award, then the moment of the year. Now in the picture, obviously, I did put the sixty thousand sellout at the Emirates for the Wolfsburg game, which I think was a big moment, not just for Arsenal women, but I think for women's football in this country to be able to have a club sell out um, the main stadium um, was an incredible achievement for everybody involved um, at the club and all the supporters, everybody that was a part of that. And I do think that's a big, big moment in the year for i say for women's football not only for so maybe bigger than just arsenal but for me that would get my vote probably as the moment of the year but there's been so many so i'm sure you guys have got otherwise i mean andreas what would be your moment of the year so many great moments we could pick from yeah my moment of the year is of course the winning of the conti cup in march i was alive at the stadium and uh uh, the whole match, uh, just winning, but then uh, when the final was blown and we have won, won a trophy and uh, against Chelsea, <coughs> and Kim and Leah lifted the Conti Cup together, uh, this was uh, yeah an unforgettable moment for me and uh, I, I think it meant a lot for the team, for the girls in this situation with the injuries. So. Um, Definitely, this is the top moment of the year. But I also uh, wrote uh, down the Mido comeback uh, against Villa in October uh, was was yeah. yeah just a great yeah. moment for yeah for for, for the fans uh, for the team for Beth uh, but for everybody uh, to celebrate this together and 
if you say that her comeback, you also must mention uh, her scoring uh, a goal against West Ham after 428 days uh, at home. This was yeah, also yeah. a very special moment. And uh, yeah, uh, and when when you mentioned the, the sellout against Wolfsburg, I'd say uh, maybe more uh, more at least a yeah more impressive sign is. Uh, selling 59,000 tickets uh, for a normal WSL match. Yeah, uh, mm. and this uh, this uh, was also, I think, uh, yeah, it's time for all uh, women's football in England. And um, yeah, it was a normal, a normal league match. And uh, looking in other countries, uh, it's it's impossible to sell 59,000 tickets for for a normal league match. So this is one more yes. great moment uh, of the year. Um, top moment winning the Conti Cup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously that that was a fantastic moment. It was it was brilliant to, and I, I say I do feel as though the first trophy under any new manager is a big moment as well because that's where they, the belief comes from. And so many managers have won maybe a League Cup as their first trophy and gone on to win bigger and better things on the back of that. So yeah, that, that was a fantastic moment. There's no doubt about that. Um, and that's a great choice, absolutely. I mean, Amar, what would be your moment of the year? Yeah. I said there has been quite a few. I mean, Andreas obviously mentioned a few there. There's been a lot of good. I know we've mentioned our sort of some disappointing moments of the year already, but there's been a lot of good moments as well, hasn't there? Individually good moments. It's funny he took he took one or two of mine. It was a Conti Cup, but actually mine was actually going to be Beth Mead's comeback after eleven months out. The reception yeah. being there and seeing her come on on the 88th minute, and we were one 0 down. And um, the reception she gets, and uh, seeing the stuff on social media after. Not only that, but getting an assist and assisting her, her teammate, Alessia Russo, her England teammate as well, and sparing an injury time comeback and actually being there, physically being in the stadium, was probably my moment of the year as well. So that would that would be the one for me. And uh, there have been so many other good moments. But yeah, no, her comeback and then the scoring the goal against West Ham, dedicating to, of course, her dear, dear mom, June, who who, of course, the men's team tribute, uh, did a tribute to after the North London derby win in January as well. That was good as well. So, yeah, no, for me, it was best comeback and then inspiring that late comeback win over Aston Villa and just being there in that stadium to witness that was just was just crazy, really. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was. That was a fantastic moment. I mean, obviously, Beth being back on the pitch was incredible. Um, and, of course, as we mentioned, that goal as well against West Ham, which we might, might get mentioned in one of the other categories a little bit later on. LG says that the Russo signing for me, revenge for RVP. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose, Percy. Uh, and obviously a good, a great signing as well, obviously, Russo. Brilliant there. Uh, Cornish says uh, McCabe Banger gets my vote. Yeah, I mean, maybe that might come up in another category as well a little bit later on, talking about goals of the year. Maybe she might get a mention, I'm sure, in there. Uh, Terry says there, surely Andreas, it was having Viva Mida around for dinner. Um, yeah, that might be a good one. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 um, uh, we're going to have to put a, uh, a big screen in a car park if we sell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I think you may be right. That might be the way forward, actually. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, Greg says a Beth scoring two goals in one game. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. Just uh, getting one goal was was a great moment on its own, but to get two in the same game, yeah, um, that that was yeah. You're right. That was a great moment as well. So many great moments actually. It's good to remember them, isn't it? And look back on them and enjoy them. Uh, Cornish going to say hi everyone. Hope you all had a fantastic. Yeah, you, 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 you. Yourself, my friend. Hope it was good. Uh, hope Christmas was good to you down in Cornwall. 
um, which is which is nice. So yeah, um, so yeah, I think I mean a, a lot of different options there for the moment of the year. I mean, it's, it's tough to just pick one, isn't it, from all of those great moments, really? So uh, we just enjoy them all. I think that's what we have to do. Really enjoy them all because there's so many great ones. And I, and I think all of those moments that we've mentioned really were quite important moments, wasn't they? Either for obviously for the club, for individual players, and just you know, all great, great moments. And I do think that they all need to be um, celebrated um, as uh, as they should be. Uh, Dan says it's cold down. It's cold anywhere. <laughs> That's why. Need to move back to Spain. It might be quite as cold in Spain, probably. But um, but yeah, you'd miss you'd miss uh, you'd miss the women. Ask women, I wouldn't if you was in Spain. Let's be honest. Um, you need to stay here. Um, so yeah, the moment of the year, it's it's you know it's difficult to pick just one single moment. But there's so many there. They're good memories. I like to talk about them. That was really good. And maybe on on a similar theme, and maybe you'll see from this one that maybe we might get some crossovers in some of these categories. But that's fine. We'll go for this one. Obviously, the match of the year, um, you know, that, that's why I maybe picked the, the sellout against Wolfsburg at the moment, because the match of the year for me would have to be the Conti Cup final, um, beating Chelsea, coming from behind, um, you know, getting one over on, on Emma Hayes is always nice. But more, more importantly than that, to end that trophy drought that we'd been on, and for Jonas to win his first trophy, I think really, really important moment. And, you know, that whole game was just such a good Arsenal performance as well in such a big game. And, and unexpectedly, because we'd lost to Chelsea the week before in the FA Cup. So to go yeah. there in that second game, go behind and come back the way that we did was brilliant. And I thought that was probably our best overall performance of the season in, in such a game that matters, of the year, sorry, in a game that matters. So that would be my match of the year, closely followed probably by the Wolfsburg home game. Had we won, that would probably have sneaked yeah. out of Wolfsburg, but we didn't. So maybe that's why. But that was a great occasion as well, wasn't it? A great match. A brilliant match, actually. Um, but yeah, I think the Chelsea Conti Cup game for me would be match of the year. Andreas, what would be your match of the year? Would that be the same or is there maybe others for you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's boring to say the same, but the uh... Uh, I don't think um, uh, I don't know how you can top this. The Conti Cup match against uh, final against Chelsea was the match of the year. But uh, to say other other things or, or other great matches we had uh, for me, um, it's the uh, Champions League uh, quarterfinals, the home match against Bayern Munich. Uh, oh, this yeah. was uh, a very very special win, and uh, we had all these injuries before, and um, yeah. Uh, we lost Kim uh, in this match, and I remember that I thought when, when Kim had to go out in the first half, that's it, we're out now. But uh, yeah, uh, to come back and, and to yeah to beat one one of the top teams in Europe too, and, and the way we we, we dominated and uh, it was fully deserved. I think at halftime it should have been three or four nil. Uh, yes, yeah, and, and yeah. this was I think this match was also a milestone for for the rest. The, of the last season, uh, and so uh, I would say, yeah, Champions League quarterfinals against Bayern is, is one one of the top matches of the year for me. Um, of course, the sellout uh, semi-final against Wolfsburg has to be mentioned, and uh, yeah, as I, yes. I mentioned before, Chelsea match in the WSL with fifty nine thousand, also great matches. Uh, yeah, I would go for the Conti Cup final, of course, but uh, if I had to choose another one, a different one, then it would be the, 
the Bayern Munich uh, home match, which we won 2 0. Yeah, I mean, LG's gone with that as well. Bayern second leg, yeah, can't really yeah, argue yeah. with that. That was an amazing, another amazing performance. We were 1 0 down going into that game as well. So we had a lot of work to do and we did it brilliantly. And yeah, you're right. That was a fantastic game. That was a brilliant performance. Um, and that was another um, brilliant night, wasn't it? At the, at the Emirates that we had. Greg's gone. The way we destroyed Chelsea <laughs> 4 his reaction. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that was, a, that was an amazing performance by Arsenal as well. That was a great game, wasn't it? So, yeah, that's obviously one of, the, one of the games of the year. Absolutely 100%. Uh, Terry, maybe that's your moment of the season. Super Gen's goal, obviously, against Wolfsburg, which was a great moment, actually, to make it 2 2 when it looked as though we were going out. And that, whoever scored that goal, it would have been great. Yeah. Obviously, it was Jen, so we, we, we'll give her that. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, they, they were all uh, great matches as well. I mean, Emma, what would be your match of the year? Would it be the Conti Cup final or something different from you, maybe? Yeah, I think you probably said again, taking the words up about there. We've got to be the Conti Cup final as well. Also, um, the, yeah, Champions League, though, both games against Wolfsburg, the comeback from 2 0 down, and the atmosphere being there on that bank holiday Monday. But yeah, I'd say the 4 1 win over Chelsea was pretty good. Not just the way we played, but the way we took it to them. You know, we actually annihilated them. Our four one could easily have been seven or eight. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. We uh, we didn't really we, we could have scored more goals in that game, but the way they played, everyone's linking up together. Just no, we know what it takes. We know we can take it to Chelsea. It's just about doing it against other teams. But yeah, the, the Emma Hayes' reaction to uh, Amanda Illustat's goal going in, and also the fact that she said she only had a, you know, the fact that she only had a twenty. She said she only had a twenty minute drive home after. That was quite funny as well. So. Yeah, no, that would probably be my, my match of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the moments of the year, maybe we missed it out, but maybe the moment of the year was actually Emma Hayes' reaction to that goal. <laughs> yeah. that, that, was, that was a brilliant moment, actually. I think we all enjoyed that, didn't we? That, that, should, have got, that should have got a mention in that category. I've, I've sort of forgotten about that, but it's just, yeah, that was that was amazing. Um, that was brilliant. So, yeah, that, that, needs, that needs an honourable mention, definitely, for the moment of the year. That And, yeah, I mean, that Chelsea game was fantastic. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, um, the, the wins over Chelsea always uh, mean more, don't they? They're always more mm. memorable because it's against Chelsea and they're the team that we're trying to catch and, and we're trying yeah. to overtake. So, yeah, obviously those are big wins. And, yeah, obviously the, the Continental Cup victory and that, that league victory, both mm. of them, brilliant, brilliant, um, brilliant games. And, you know, it, I say it's, it has been a bit of a mixed year in terms of performances and results, but there's been so many great games thrown in there. Um, and obviously that Bayern game, as we mentioned, was that was an amazing performance, an amazing result. Um, and yeah, there's so many um, great games as well. So yeah, uh, I think we've, we've pretty much covered them all there, haven't we? I don't think there's too many more games that would that we'd need to mention in that category, would we? But I think the game of the, I think overall the game of the year has to be the Continental Cup because yeah. the final we could win a trophy, and that's what we yeah. was so important. So I think that probably just shades all the others as good as they all were as well. Uh, we've got um, Anika in the chat there. How are you doing? Good to see you. I hope you're well. Uh, Terry says, any defeat for Salt Exactly, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Any defeat for is absolutely a brilliant moment. We, we, love, we love doing that. And we've had a couple of big ones this year. It's <laughs> twice in big games, so that's nice. Yeah. And let's hope there's a couple more to come in 2024 as well. Um, a few more wins over Chelsea. Before Emma goes, it's at least beaten one more time before Emma, Emma leaves. It'll be nice if it's at Stamford Bridge, which I'm thinking it's going to be. They're saying it's going to be at Stamford Bridge, yeah. so that'll be good as well. At least one more win over them before the end of the season. I know that we'll get we'll play them in a cup as well. We're bound to. We generally do. Don't we? Just another just um, another shout out for moment of the year as well. I thought I'd give an honourable mention to Katie McCabe, who went off injured in the Bayern game, thinking she's going to miss the Man City game four yeah. years. Four days later, and then she goes and scores an absolute worldie. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, that was that was incredible. That was that was the quickest ever comeback from injury ever, wasn't it? <laughs> going off, going off on crutches, going <laughs> off on crutches on a Tuesday night, whenever it was, and then scoring the winning yeah, goal yeah, on a yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Brilliant. Definitely. LG says there, to be fair, Emma was very candid and respectful to Arsenal this yeah, time around. Yeah, yeah. And I think she can see that this is the first time along while we're really level. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, she was. She was much more respectful after the game. But I don't suppose she had much choice because we absolutely wiped the floor. What else could she say, really, other than show Arsenal respect because we played so well? But yeah, you're right. She did. And fair, fair play to her. But you could see inside she was absolutely burning, weren't she? Yeah. <laughs> All the way through that whole press conference, it was quite good to see. But no, she, she was respectful. That's fair enough. I think down she loves Arsenal. You know she does. You know, she was at the club a long time she helped us win a lot of trophies and you know I think she's got a little bit of bitterness there that she's not the manager of Arsenal but we'll let her off because she's going and she's done well for herself um, <laughs> as long as we beat her again before the end of the season that'll be absolutely fine um, why don't we look next at um, this one here because we, we there's quite a few to choose from here as well I suppose but there's maybe two that stand out for me but let's see what you guys think <laughs> So, obviously, the signing of the year, there was two transfer windows, two fairly successful transfer windows, I think we had. Um, obviously, with a picture that I put up there of Vicky Pullova, and I know most people are probably going to go with the other one that we signed in the summer, and I, I, I wouldn't argue with that necessarily. I just think that Vicky Pullova has been such a, an amazing player for us, and yeah. you can see what, um, you know, she's still only very young. And what she's going to be bringing us over the next few years, I think her, particularly this season, uh, you know, it took a little while to settle in to find a place, find a role in the team. She maybe was in and out of the team towards the end of last season when she joined. But what she's brought to us now, you can clearly see she's been amazing. And, you know, there's been other great signings as well this year. And the fact that I think she's maybe been the standout one for me, that shows what a big impact that she's had looking at the other players that we've signed and the impact that some of them have had as well so I, I just feel as though you know she's she's done so well it's almost she's gone under the radar a little bit you know the signing wasn't a, wasn't big dramas about it when we signed her um and no one really spoke much about her in last season and even this season you know she's playing really well and still everybody's talking about Alessia Russo people are still talking about Kyra yeah. Cooney Cross great players and great signings but Vicky's just kept going and doing her job and she's been amazing and for me now, she's almost first name on the team sheet. That's how important she is to this team at this moment yeah, in time. So, right. for me, tough competition, a, a big category. I w I'm going to vote for Vicky Pullover just because I feel that uh, she's grown so much through the year with us and the progress that she's made. And I say, so young, what she can go on and achieve will be amazing. So, yeah, I'm excited about what she's done. I mean, Andreas, who would be your signing of the year? Because we did a lot of good signings this year, actually. Yeah, I have three names uh, on my notes. Of course, it's Alessia, Alessia Russo, um, and it's it's Vicky Pelova and Kyra Kunikos. I think these three uh, uh, stand out for me. And um, yeah, you could you could take uh, each of them and and say it's the signing of the year. Of course, uh, to to sign uh, Alessia uh, free of charge and um, yeah, and the impact she already has. Uh, she shows how important she is. She's more than a number nine. She's, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the work rate she has, and and uh, how much she uh, in 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 just a short time. I think uh, 
this is a really really great uh, signing if you consider the whole year uh, you must say Vicky Pelova is a fantastic signing and and, um, uh, I don't agree that, that she had problems or needed time to sell in. Uh, in the first half uh, of the year, she, she had to play out of position. She had to play on, on every position, but not on yeah, midfield. Right. She was she yeah. was a winger, she was a defender. She has uh, on every position where, where we needed player because uh, we, we all... We only had uh, 11, 12 uh, players fit and, and then... Hundred uh, in a very short time, there was no time to settle. So uh, she had a very good start, and um, what she's doing in this season is just fantastic. Uh, she found her role in the midfield, and she's she's one of the best midfielders, uh, at least at the WS, in the WSL, maybe in Europe. And uh, with 24 years young, yeah, yeah, great signing, Vicky Belova. And uh, yeah, of course, Kyra Kunik was the latest signing we, we made a few minutes before deadline. Uh, 21 years and uh, young and also an impact in, in every match. Uh, uh, she, she was in or she started. Uh, she showed how important she already is. And uh, what impressed me most is that she's always forward-oriented. She's never playing back passes or something. Uh, she always looks uh, what what's going ahead ahead of me and and where can i find a solution or or where's the space where i can uh, pass the ball and uh, i think her development will be will be extremely in the next years uh, just just uh, think if if she will be injury free uh, kyra at mm. the age of 24 25 she will be one of the best players in the world so uh, fantastic signing so for me the three names Leslie, vicky kyra and uh, yeah you can choose any of them as the signing of the year Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, Terry just going back to Emma Hayes I was hoping she broke down on a twenty-minute trip home. Maybe she did. <laughs> that would have been that would have been funny, wouldn't it? We're never going to we're never going to know, are we? Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, that would have been is a moment of uh, waiting by the side of the road for the AAs to come and pick her up. Oh, um, uh, Terry has yeah. gone for Vicky Palova as well. Yeah. Uh, Greg says there, Russo only 24, going to get better. Yeah. Haven't seen her lose the ball very often. No, you're right. And uh, Alessia Russo has grown and grown as the, as the season's progressed. You know, her performances have become more and more important, haven't they? What she's bringing to the team. I suppose maybe um, I'm slightly. Um, it's not her fault, absolutely not. And I love Alessia Russo, but I'm slightly annoyed that Steena has been pushed away a little bit to accommodate um, yeah. Alessia Russo when Stina doesn't deserve that, you know, with her performances, her goals that she scored and how brilliant she was at the end of last season. But you can understand why, because Russo is, um, as an all-round player, she's better. As a goal scorer, she isn't. And I think there's got to be a way of fitting them both in, maybe. But you're absolutely right. I mean, Alessia Russo has been um, a, a great signing for, for, on a free transfer as well. I mean, wow, incredible. Um, but you're right, yeah, she doesn't give the ball away. And as we said, she can fill in many different <coughs> positions. Um, Gunnar Dan says, Palova is my favourite player. She's just so consistent. Yeah, consistency, exactly she is. She's brilliant every game. Uh, Comedy Schooner says, Palova is great, but mm -hmm. Russo has got alien-level skills in so many different areas. Mm -hmm. She hasn't even got going yet. Yeah, I agree. You're right. She hasn't really got going yet. She's starting to get more and more into it now, isn't she, as the games have gone on. You know, you can see her, her impact is much greater now than it was at the start of the season in the team. So, yeah, um, she's getting better and better. Terry says, Chloe looks a great buy. Yes, Chloe Lacaz. Not getting enough again, a bit like Steena, not getting enough minutes. She deserves more minutes yeah. on the pitch because she's been brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's difficult to maybe 
consider her as the buy of the year when she's not getting enough game time, but she does look incredible. You're absolutely right. Um, LG says there, Vicky has added much needed physicality to our midfield. Um, she's undroppable for me. I agree. Um, we wouldn't have beaten Bayern uh, or taken Wolfsburg to the limit without her. Yeah, she did play a big part in those games. You're absolutely right. And you're right. Yeah, for me, she's undroppable as well at the minute. She's brilliant. Um, I mean, Emma, who would be your signing of the year? Obviously, there's been a few signings, good signings that we've made. So you got you, you just got to pick one. What who would you go for? Yeah, you're taking all out of mouth again. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah, I would say it's got to be Vicky. She just settled into the squad so wonderfully, and you know, she just looked like she's just made to play for a club. You know, they were looking at the world from Ajax or the talent there during the Champions League qualifiers last year, and she's just like, like she's been just fitted in so wonderfully. Adds an extra layer to her attack, links up well with everything. With proper, they've been supplying. The passes uh, for for scoring the goals for herself. You know, they've even put a bit of a high expectation on her. There was a BBC Sport article recently saying, "Oh, she could be the next Kim Little." I don't see why she can't be the next Kim Little. I know it's big ass, but you know the way she started. Used to say she can't lift a uh, um, lift uh, become the next Kim Little. Although I don't know whether she'll be taking be the regular penalty taker, but certainly she can maybe be a future captain of Arsenal. If you knows, maybe going forward it depends, but. Yeah, I mean, she's uh, especially that game against Leicester was a classic example when she was just all fantastic and uh, the the build up to the first goal against Man City. There's nothing she can't do, and when Viv and Beth come back, it's almost going to be like where do you play almost because you could. Uh, she's almost she's almost undroppable for me right now. So yeah, no, she's been fantastic. Kyra has been excellent as well. She's added that extra layer to our midfield. You know, you know, you've been talked about it, oh, when you've got players like Leah Valti to learn from, you know, and you've got Steph and Caitlin who you play with on a regular basis. I think she's, she's been brilliant as well. So, yeah, it would be those two as well. I think Chloe's been great too. So, yeah, if I had to, I'd probably just give this to Vicky, but I could go to any one of those three, really. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and, and that's a good sign, isn't it? The fact that we've signed... Um, players that are working out as good signings already and some of them haven't even been here that long. I think that's a great sign going forward, isn't it? Because, you know, the transfer window can be quite um, a gamble, really, because you can't guarantee any players are going to work. Just because they might be a great player somewhere else doesn't mean they're going to work in your team. Um, and the fact that we've made so many successful signings this year, for me, over the two windows as well, has been great. Even, yeah. You know, um, I know Katerina Cole hasn't played as many minutes yeah. on the as she would have hoped for, but she's a good signing. Um, and I think she's a good one for the future as well. So I think there's a lot, isn't there? Um, which is, you know, what we want to see um, as well. Hannah, Hannah says there, uh, Aruto, she's a blessing for a heart. Well, no, yeah. she's, um, she's, she's brilliant. I, I just want to see, I don't want to see Steena getting pushed out as much. That's the only thing. I want to try and get them in the team together if we can. Um, LG says there, um, Kyra Cooney-Cross and Pullover are above Frieda in the pecking order for me. But we know... Jonas is documented love for Frida, e.g. the Spurs game. Yeah, I think they have um, gone above Frida in terms of what they bring into the team. But the one the one difference is Frida does bring the goals. We said she scored 14 goals this year from midfield. And that's a, a big amount. Our, our second highest goal score in the year, Frida is. So you can understand why she's on the pitch a lot because she has got a goal in her. You know, all her other kind of if you like, you know, the fact that she often makes the wrong decisions in the final, uh, give the ball away sometimes too easily and all these other stuff. She does offer a goal and maybe that's why she does get more um, ahead of Kyra and Vicky who don't score. At the moment, they're not been scoring goals, have they? Vicky's got two, I think, ever and Kyra hasn't scored one yet. So, um, 
that's maybe why. But I'm sure as as we move forward, I'm sure we'll see a transition there, and I'm sure we'll see Breeder more on the bench, coming off the bench, having an impact, and Kyra yeah. and particularly Vicky. I mean, Vicky's starting every game anyway, so I can see that being the future moving forward. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, Jonas obviously likes Frieda because he, he brought her in, you know, he knew her beforehand and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that will change um, as things go. Uh, going to Dan as gifted 10 uh, memberships as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. So there's 10 memberships going there. Uh, if you want to get involved, please do so. Um, Terry says they're um, looking much more comfortable the more. She- oh, um, Monday, listen. Uh, I think at the moment it's a little bit early to maybe call her one of our best signings of the year, but you know, she's she's certainly playing well recently. I agree. Um, Cornish Gunner says, I hope Cole um didn't get pushed sideways by uh, Kyra Cooney Cross. Yeah, seems to be the case that seems to be what's happened, doesn't it? You know, she's not playing in the squad as much, she's not getting many minutes now. And Kyra's come in, and obviously, I think Kyra's ahead of her, isn't she, in terms of ability at the moment? So that's why. But uh, Katrina Cole needs to play more to build it up. But it's difficult now. We've said this before. We've got so many good players in the squad. Who do you pick ahead of other people? It's difficult, isn't it? Who do you leave out? Who do you pick? It's that's Jonas's job. He's got to figure it out, hasn't he? And let's hope that he manages to do it because if if he can get it right, we will be as we've seen against Chelsea, for example, we can be unstoppable. But we've got to do that more consistently, haven't we? Um, but yeah, we've had some good signings this year. It's been uh, it's been really really successful. Let's hope that January coming up now is going to be similar because we, we need a couple more bodies, I think, in certain positions. And uh, let's hope that we can get some in. And uh, the January signings, maybe this time next year, we'll be looking back on some January signings 2024 and saying how great they were, like Vicky's been for us this this year. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there did seem to be quite a lot of votes in for Vicky, actually. So maybe Vicky's going to win that one. Um, although Alessia was the was the big name sign, if you like, and she's done brilliant. Vicky seems to have been getting more and more support in the in the chat and stuff like that as well. So maybe Vicky might just shade that as our best signing of the year. But yeah, it's great that we've got so many to choose from because often you only only have one signing that's worked out or the one or two that's ever worked. So the fact we've got so many is great. So um, that's a good category that and some good um, some good results there. Um, why don't we look at again? This this could be there could be fifty different options here, but let's let's go with this one and see what we think about it. Obviously, the goal of the year. Um, we already mentioned obviously the goal I put the picture of there with Freedom Arms against Bayern Munich, of course, which to me was a, an amazing goal. Um, and it did kind of set us off on our way to that brilliant performance, that brilliant victory in difficult circumstances, as we've said. Um, but obviously, Katie McKay bound to get a mention somewhere along the way. She scored five goals this year and most of them have been special as they normally are. <laughs> most of her goals leave them, um, an impression, don't they? So I'm sure she's going to get some mentions as well. And there's been so many great goals, hasn't there? And I think that's, again... It's good to have so many options. When you're looking through these categories, sometimes you think, oh, my God, I wouldn't know what to pick. But for us this year, it's been there's loads of options in all the different categories, really. And that shows how many good, what a good year it's been overall. There's been so many great memories. Of course, Terry's got only one vote. Super chair. <laughs> of course, he's going to vote. I would say that she, she should get the vote for the best goal celebration, barging <laughs> over um, 
um, Alexandra Pop when she scored. That was probably well, that's actually a moment of the year we didn't mention before. That was a great moment, wasn't it? When she, whether she meant to do it or not, I don't know. But it was that was a good moment, wasn't it? Um, I wouldn't say that's the best goal of the year, but anyway, I mean, yeah. my vote personally goes to Freedom Island goal against Bayern Munich, which yeah. was an incredible strike, a lovely little flick from Leah Williamson to lead to it as well, and a good move all round and a really good goal. But so many. 80 odd, what was it? Was it 88 goals? I think I said we scored. So there's lots to choose from. Not, that wasn't all good goals, obviously. Um, and I don't know if you saw the video today. Arsenal put a video out of the top 10 goals that they put of oh, the I year. So that might have jogged your memory for a few. Um, obviously, Frieda's was on that list, of course, um, as was a couple of Katie McCabe's. But I mean, Andreas, what would be your goal of 2023? So many great goals that we can pick from, really. Yeah, so many great goals, and um, maybe the the Frida goal against and uh, so maybe this is this is the one the goal of the year. But uh, uh, yeah, there was also Katie against Mensa. What a goal! Uh, and also <laughs> so important. It it was the two one. It decided the match. It it brought us back uh, in. Yeah, at that at that time, brought us back to the title race. But uh, we know, uh, in the end, it it secured us the the third place. Uh, it was just a fantastic goal and, and moment. Uh, I was at Meadow Park when and Katie scored this this banger. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, don't forget Chloe uh, against Man United, uh, the yes. two two in in stoppage time. Mm -hmm. um, I think this was also a fantastic goal. It was important important for Chloe. Uh, I think this was her first goal. For, for Arsenal, so important for her, and it it secured us a very very important point. Uh, yeah, we we had lost against Liverpool. We had we had the Villa match at uh, at next, and then away at United, being down to one. So very very important, and, and also a brilliant goal. Uh, and last but not least, uh, on my notes, uh, Beth Mead's goal uh, against West Ham, the first one, uh, oh, not yeah. only. Yeah. So, uh, such a brilliant goal and so typical Mido goal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, fantastic goals all over the year. But uh, number one is Frieda's against against uh, Bayern Munich with the the back heel from Leah <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, as assist. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, no, it was the, the all, all round move for that goal and a finish was just incredible. And but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, obviously, Katie McCabe's going to get a mention. Of course, she is. And that goal against Man City was an amazing goal and such an important goal as well at a time in the season where it looked as though um, the title, was, mm -hmm. title race was going away from us. And to get that goal and to win us that game like that was incredible. So, um, so yeah, obviously that was that, that was an important goal, a fantastic goal as well. But yeah, there's, there's been. There's been a lot of goals that have been great this year. So, um, a few there was mentioned. I mean, Amar, what would be your favourite or best goal of the year, favourite goal of the year, whatever you want to look at it? What would yeah, you say? those were probably my top three, actually. Yeah, Frieda's against Bayern. You had uh, Casey's against City and uh, Chloe's against uh, Manchester Manchester United as well. Yeah, I think Frieda's is definitely up there. But I'll also have to give a couple of honourable mentions as well to uh, Caitlin Forge's goal against Leicester. I mean, the build-up, that was brilliant. The ball from Chloe, yes. the first-time ball from Leicester, yes. and the finish in the top corner from Caitlin was absolutely world-class. That was a great goal as well. And also, the uh, uh, Steph, Steph Catley's goal against Man City at, 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 at uh, Meadow Park when uh, Pullover passes the ball with a left. Caitlin passes it to her with the left and just finishes it first time. Almost side foots into the top corner, and Kiara Keating has absolutely yeah, no yeah. chance. 
So I'd like to give honorable mentions to those two as well. But for me, yeah, I mean, the way it started, the way it followed, and the build up, and to to be a goalkeeper, to lift it almost uh, like like you're, it's like a she had um, how would you describe it in golf when you have a, like you're just trying to land it softly onto the green or something. She so picked out a perfect corner with her with, yeah. with a with a wedge. It was like a, a pitching wedge. She just pitched it straight into the top corner over a goal over a really world class goalkeeper. In Marlon Gross and to hit the bar and go in off. Yeah, and the reaction from Jonas after said it all was an absolute banger. So, yeah, no, that's definitely the goal of the year for me. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to disagree with that, actually. It was the technique on that. And it's something you could say, well, you know, maybe it was lucky, but then she's hit several shots like that as well, hasn't she, Free? I mean, you know, we talk about Katie McCabe scoring some bangers, but Frieda Marnham gets a few bangers as well, don't she, from distance and stuff like that. So she can hit one. Um, LG's in fact gone there. Frieda's goal oh, versus yeah, Leicester yeah, over yeah. Frieda. That was a, that good, was a good, one, good goal. Yeah. Yes, it was. Frieda's goal against West Ham this season as well. The one, obviously, Beth Mead took all the glory that day. Oh, that was a cross. That was a cross, Richard. No, was a cross. Well, I don't know. I think, was, was, I think she meant that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But she, she has got a few great goals, actually, Frieda Mine. But you're right. That, that, one against, um, that one against Leicester at home was a good goal. But you, that one that you mentioned, Caitlin Ford against Leicester, that was an incredible goal as well, wasn't it? Just the counter-attack, you know. Was it Chloe Lacasse played out the line to Alessia Russo? Yeah, first time. It, across and then what a finish first time in the top corner that was that was a fantastic team goal and a brilliant finish as well but yeah I mean literally we could go through and probably pick 10 I mean obviously they did on the website today they put 10 goals on but yeah there were so many great goals um Corey's good says there McCabe's got to win this one with a City <laughs> goal yeah obviously that's yeah. you know Definitely in the top two or three, isn't it? No doubt. That was a fantastic goal. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Cornish Gunner says, uh, Andreas, you need to pedal harder to keep your internet going. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit hit and miss tonight, and it's a little bit of a delay as well. Um, uh, Andreas is in, but, you know. Jeff, I was with us. He says, gutted being late for the show. Hope everyone's doing well. With him, great, my friend. Hope you're well as well. You've had a good Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can always watch the beginning back on afterwards anyway. Um, see all the other stuff that we've that we've talked about. We've got here. Jeff Oz says there, uh, that Spurs game made me so mad I had to unfollow WSL. It's not the WSL. We really need to have some serious conversation about Jonas's subs. The whole team was awful, by the way. Yeah, yeah I mean, we mentioned earlier that it, it was like too late bringing the subs on and it, it made the wrong change at the wrong time. We, we, we mentioned that earlier, and you're right, absolutely. We have had that conversation, and I agree with you, and we all agree with you. Um, it was not great management, and I think that defeat will unfortunately land on Jonas's shoulders. Um, most defeats are the manager's fault generally, but. That one in particular um, wasn't uh, too great, was it? Um, so, yeah. And uh, Terry's gone there. Super Jen's penalty against Spurs. He's always <laughs> going to go with Jen. He's it's only the goal of the year. Yeah. It may have been one of the moments of the uh, year, maybe. Super Jen's penalty beating Spurs. Yeah, I mean, why not? That was that was pretty good, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the two, <laughs> the two, I think the two main contenders have to be, obviously, Breeders against Bayern Munich and Katie McCabe against Man City. I think yeah, they definitely. were the two best goals of the year. Um, and it seems harsh to pick one over the other, really. But I do think Breeders was maybe slightly better. But that's just my personal opinion because I like the technique of it, really. I, although, having said that, I mean, Katie McCabe in that strike of her left way in the top corner, you can't really argue with that either, can you? So, um, they probably both deserve maybe joint winners of this one, but yeah, um, 
it's again like all these categories, it's good to have so many options, isn't it? Because imagine if there was a year and we were sitting here thinking, well, what's the best goal? There's only one one option for that ever. At least this year, there's four, five, six different goals we could have picked, and we we mentioned most of them already. So you know, we have scored some good goals this year, um, and yeah. But those two probably stand out above all the rest. Um, and yeah, Caitlin Ford got one against Spurs as well, didn't she? Away, which curled into the bottom corner, which was a good goal. But I thought Steena's against Tottenham as well, actually, when she chips it over the keeper was a good goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, there's so many, but I think we'll stick with those two. I think those two are the best two, and we will um, enjoy the fact that we scored so many great goals. Um, I mean, just and what we've got here. Uh, um, Corey's good says, which I just don't think you understand. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I mean, I'll say we'll give her a joint first. I just think that that, um, that free to go was, was something special. Um, so, um, yeah. Now, obviously, we've been looking at some good things and some great moments as well, which is good. But you can't really have an award ceremony about throwing in one maybe not quite so happy thing. So we'll have to look at what our options are for this particular award, unfortunately. <laughs> So it's the biggest disappointment of the year. Again, I've gone with the picture I put there, which was Leah Williamson's injury, which came, what, a couple of weeks before the um, Champions League semi-final and, of course, the World Cup as well. And I do feel as though that was such a big moment, such a big disappointment, you know. Having already suffered the loss of Viv and, and Beth as well to ACL injuries earlier in the season, to have... Leah Williamson suffered the same injury at such a crucial point in the season. For me, that was that was the worst one of the three. Not because she's more important as a player, although she is, probably. Just the fact that it was the third one in such a short space of time and we had such a big games coming up with the, with the semi-final. We've still, we were still battling to try and win the, win the league at that point. And, of course, I say the World Cup to come as well. So that was... That was a horrible, horrible moment. Seeing her go down, we all knew straight away pretty much. It looked as though it was probably, when you saw the replay of her going down, it looked as ACL. We all kind of felt that. And yeah, it, that was, for me, that was the biggest disappointment because I do feel a fit Leah Williamson in those two semi-finals could have made the difference of us going through and not going through. That's how important she could be. And obviously the World Cup, who knows if England could have won that World Cup if Leah had been fit and not suffered that injury. So for me, by quite some distance. Yes, losing a semi-final to Wolfsburg, a massive disappointment. Losing in the last minute of extra time, that was heartbreaking. Um, but for me, head and shoulders above every other disappointment was that Leah Williamson ACL injury against Manchester United for me all day long. Um, but uh, let's see, Andreas, what would you say is, would be your biggest disappointment of 2023? Are you frozen or can you? Yeah, uh, you already mentioned it the, the injuries and, and uh, the late goal against uh, Wolfsburg in, in, yeah, in extra time. Uh, but the disappointment of the year um, being out uh, of Champions League, I think uh, nobody yes. was expecting yeah. this. And uh, I agree. yeah, I think um, this, this moment when, when went out against um, of course uh, Paris FC is not a bad team but but they are not one of the top teams in Europe uh, we should be able to beat them and uh, yeah we know the circumstances and, and everything around this but 
Yeah, apart from this, uh, if you just ask for the, the, the biggest disappointment of the year, it's, it's just the fact that, that we didn't reach a group stage in Champions League. Uh, of course, maybe yeah. it's, it's a blessing in disguise that we, we have the chance uh, in Conti Cup to, to give uh, our, our big squad, all the players, to give them minutes and uh, the younger players to develop in Conti Cup. Yeah, maybe that's good, but uh, for, for a club like Arsenal being out in the qualification rounds of Champions League is just disappointing. So, yeah, let's, let's take this this uh, one for for this award. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. And, I, and obviously that's a big, big disappointment. I think we're all shocked by the fact that when we saw the team we, we had to play in that little qualification group, I think we kind of felt we would go through without too many problems. And yes, Paris are a better team than we maybe gave them credit for. You can see by what they've done to get into the group stage and stuff like that. But yeah, that was a big disappointment. But I still say... Had Leah Williamson been fit, we probably wouldn't have lost that game. And yeah, we, we won't know, obviously. It's impossible to say. But she's such a big player. Had she been fit, had she, maybe if we'd won the World Cup in the summer with her playing and then the lift from that, would that have taken us through? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That was a massive disappointment. Absolutely no question about that. And, you know, that... that um, yeah, that that was it. Was that was a shock, wasn't it? More than anything else, it was such a shock that I think everyone expected us to win that game without too many problems, and to, to get knocked out like that was. I was in shock for about a week after that. I just couldn't even think straight. It was ridiculous. No, um, I agree. So yeah, I suppose that probably was a bigger disappointment for the club overall. Yes, you're probably right. Actually, that one probably was. Um, LG agrees with me there. European Champions League qualification exit for me by far, especially given the progress we made last season after the semi-final. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? We've reached the semi-final. We were unfortunate not to get to the final. To not even make the group stage is, is incredible, really. Yeah, amazing um, that we didn't do that. But yeah, you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe that one should have got the vote for me, actually, as well. I mean, Emma, what would be your biggest disappointment? Would it be that Champions League exit? It's difficult to maybe argue with that now, isn't it, really? Yeah, probably. Just a matter of happening. I mean, people will say it was only well, a couple of weeks or so after the World Cup. It's not much time to prepare. But, yeah, when you look at some of the goals we conceded as, uh, as well, it wasn't, wasn't, uh, it wasn't befitting of uh, a team uh, that um, was reached the semi-finals. And ultimately, we should have had in too much for them. OK, yeah, we took a penalty. We needed an injury time and an extra time even then. But to do, to do the manner of that, if a club like Arsenal is not good enough, and hopefully they'll learn from it going forward. Hopefully this season they don't have to worry about it. I don't think the format's changing. I think they're keeping that same format for next season, aren't they? But hopefully this time we can just get finish at least at least finish second or so, or even win, and not have to worry about that many groups. They just play one knockout tie or even qualify straight through. But yeah, no, that was massively disappointing. Injuries, regardless, we should have had too much for them, and we did, and we paid the price for being too. Uh, too how do I say it? Too uh, too complacent in, in a way. So yeah, no, that that has to be improved going forward. And yeah, yeah, along that, along with the injuries, it's difficult to pinpoint anything else other than that was disappointing. But yeah, that has to be the number one disappointing thing for me this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is difficult to argue, and I've got to be honest because you know, not only from the the point of view of being in the competition, obviously the prestige of it, the money, yeah. everything, it's. You know, it had a, it's had a big impact on the club, I think. And yes, um, not at all what we was expecting. So, yeah, I think it's difficult to argue with that not being the biggest disappointment of the year, actually, I've got to be honest. Um, Terry said, I had no disappointment from the girls last season. Only TV and making the girls play too much. Right, right, yeah. Well, yeah, 
I mean, that's a very good point. And Don't we can't really either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that the the TV deal um, overall is probably going to be a good thing because it's going to mean more money's in the game. But yes, it's what they do with it. That's the problem, isn't it? And like you said, TV moving games here, there and everywhere, kicking off at stupid times. We've, we've mentioned this so many times. And that's more frustration than disappointment. Inevitably, it's going to happen. As the game gets more popular, more money's going to come into it and there's going to be those issues. So it's more frustration for me rather than actual disappointment. Um just um, just a little thing, slightly off topic. Uh, Man, uh, Man City are just losing at Everton one 0 in the Premier League. By the way, Everton have just scored. Yeah, I saw that as well. Don't worry about that. Oh, you know that that might be quite good for us. But anyway, we're, we're well, we have to win tomorrow. Yeah. The main thing is we win tomorrow. Yeah, we have to win tomorrow. Yeah, of course we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say win our games and don't worry what other other teams do. But if other teams want to lose as well, then that's fine. And if Man City want to lose <laughs> another game, then we, we'll take that all day long. But yeah, they yeah. are losing one nil. They've just Everton have just scored. Um, it was uh, Jack Harrison after twenty nine yeah. minutes. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's that there. But yeah, no, I think we have to all agree on that. Champions League exit, yeah, is a big disappointment, but. Um, yeah, for me, the biggest one in incident was that injury to Leah Williamson because that was yeah, horrible. Yeah. Um, Jeff Ross says there, for me, it was um, Beth and Viv, even though Leah, industry, uh, Leah in the injury sorry, was a huge blow. But I think if we had Viv and Beth on that Wolfsburg game, we would certainly go through as they were top class prior to injury. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if those two were fit, we would have probably gone through. Looking at how, how, how close we were anyway without them, absolutely, 100%. But... My my look at my view was they were already out for months before. Leah got injured a week before the first leg, so her injury was more impactful because yeah. we wasn't expecting to be without her, were we? We knew we wasn't going to have Viv and Beth, and as much as that was a big disappointment, we'd got used to that by then. We knew they wasn't playing. We was expecting Leah Williamson to be fit. You know, we knew Kim Little probably wasn't going to be fit either because she'd got injured a couple of weeks before, but. That was the biggest blow at that time. Yes, I agree. If all three of them had been fit, we'd have probably won the Champions League. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone just get to the final. We could have won it, couldn't we? But, you know, um, that what I just thought that Leah Williams' injury was had a big impact on that semi-final because the preparations building up to it would have been including her in the team because she was playing at the time and playing well. So, But, yeah, you, you're probably right. LG says, uh, Zinsberger's regression is a disappointment. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And that's a tough one for me. It is a tough one for me. Yes. I, I do, I do kind of think that you're right to a certain degree that you know she's not been playing as well as we hope. That she's not, you know, I don't think. I think she's past the best. Let's be honest. And she's probably not going to get better than she is, or than she has been. So, um, and I think that's why we're planning ahead. You know, we we brought Sabrina in, and obviously Mary Earps is the big chat as well. There's a reason why we're after a goalkeeper. So, but let's not. Um, uh, you know, let, let's not bring one player down too much. You know, she's having a difficult time of it at the minute. So, you know, we yeah, need to and her wife's, wife's expecting a child as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. LG says, Viv and Beth's injuries were in 2022. Yeah, no, they were absolutely, but I guess they had an impact in 2023, didn't they? In terms of what we could have achieved had they been fit in 2023, who knows? But yeah, the injuries were in 2022, you're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, I think, obviously, the biggest disappointment has to be the Champions League. 100% it has to be. Um, David says, uh, I wish Arsenal had Hemp, a fantastic yeah, player. Yeah, 100%. I think we all we all would agree with you there. Lauren Hemp is brilliant. Fantastic player. Absolutely right. And I would like, I said this two years ago when they were at Arsenal, um, but it's not going to happen, probably. But, um, yeah. Well, no, the right. contract runs out next year, so you never know. <laughs> 
Well, it'd be nice, but I'd, yeah. I'd love her at Arsenal, but I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, I really don't. Um, right, what have we got left? So we've done that one, that one, that one, that one. We've done that one. Oh, okay. So there is one left. One, The biggest award of the year. It's always the last one. It's always the big one. And who are we? It could be interesting, this, actually. I think this could be a very, very split vote, not only from us here, but in the chat as well. This is the final the final award of the year, and it's the big one. Of course, it is the player of the year, the player of 2023 for Arsenal. Now, again, I think there's several candidates. Absolutely, there's several candidates. Um Again, my picture there was of uh, Stina Blackstenius, who I think really, really stepped up to the plate in 2023 for Arsenal when she was really needed, when we had the injuries. You know, she had a very difficult end to 2022. She was coming in for a lot of stick, missing chances. And I thought in 2023, she stepped up in those games. You know, she scored big goals, semi-final, Continental uh, Cup final of the Continental Cup, quarter-final, both legs of the semi-final of the Champions League. She got big goals in big games. And going into this season, she's kind of been pushed down the order with, with Alessia coming in, but she's still coming off the bench, having an impact. She's our top scorer this season. 18 goals over the year that she's got. And when you think since the start of this season, most of her minutes have been here and there off the bench. And she still scored more goals than anybody else. So for me... Um, my vote for Arsenal's player of 2023 will be Stina Blackstenius, but I understand there's lots of choices, so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that's the only option. Andreas, who would you go with? I mean, we've just got one here. Terry actually has gone with Lotta Wubamoy, and she's second on my list, actually. Lotta Wubamoy is second for me, um, but yeah, that's a great shout. Um, so, Andreas, who would be your player of 2023? Uh, once again, I have three names on my notes. Uh, the first one is. Uh, <laughs> uh, if if it was only one player, uh, this this wouldn't have been good. Um, when you say, "Oh, that's one one outstanding player," and the rest was was only average. No, we had a lot of players uh, who had an outstanding year. Uh, the first name is Vicky Pelova again. Uh, all over the year, I think she was uh, fantastic. Her development, but also the way she settled in. And as I said before, uh, she had to play out of position in the first half of the year. And now she found her position, and uh, yeah, we said it before. She's undroppable now uh, for for the midfield. So uh, I think Vicky is uh, yeah one of the players of the year. And the second one, I'm I'm astonished that uh, Terry mentions her uh, because it's it's controversial to say Lotta, but uh, for me, uh, she's one of the players of the year, uh, especially her development in this season. Uh, she started every match, uh, at least every WSL match, and uh, yeah, she's she's getting better and better. And uh, if you see uh, she uh, how she performed against players like uh, Banichon, uh, or or yeah, or the Chelsea attack with, with Kerr. Sam Kerr, you're right. Um, and yeah, I think uh, of course she made some mistakes in. At least in, in the first half of the year, we all remember the, the one against Wolfsburg. But uh, you also have to say if a player develops, and, and Lotta developed, uh, she's now the boss in our defense, and uh, she stepped up when, when needed. When there's no Leo, there's no Rafa, uh, she's, she's the one uh, the others are relying on now. And uh, yeah, she's the boss in our defense. Uh, of course, one of the best players of the year, 
and the third name is Katie. Uh, yeah, if we mention uh, consistency in 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 the year, then it's it's Katie. I think she's she's starting nearly every match. She has maybe the most minutes of all players. And uh, look at the goals she scores. You can play her as as a left winger, left uh, uh, left back. Uh, now she plays as a right back. It's not her best position, but she's needed there. And she does her job, and her physicality is very, very important for the team. Uh, of course, she she got a few unnecessary yellow cards, and uh, sometimes yeah. she she has to lower her temperament. And uh, yeah, it's it's a bit difficult, and and could it could be negative for the team if she she gets uh, booked very early, then she has to be careful, something like this. So, uh, but uh, very, very good season, very good year. And one of these three, uh, it has to be the player of the year. And uh, if I have to decide, I'd go for Vicky Palova. The other two are uh, outstanding the, uh, all over the year. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, we mentioned Vicky before. I mean, for me, she was a signing of the year. So, of course, she's going to be in the running for player of the year as well. Absolutely. And Lotta, again, for me, was... The, the level of consistency that she's shown this year when she's played a lot more games than maybe um, normally she would have expected to have played with the injury that we got to Leah Williamson um, later on in the season as well. And, you know, the, the fact that she's um, grown in her responsibility on, in the team, you're absolutely right. And, yeah, I, I agree. She's been brilliant. And of course, I mean, Katie McCabe, just Katie McCabe, you know what you're getting with her, don't you? She's going to give a million every single game and sometimes too much as you said you know she sometimes doesn't yeah she needs to calm that down you know we love her. she flies into tackles and we love her when she gets involved in all the stuff that goes on but sometimes it has cost her she's had red cards before and she does need to watch that yeah we, we need to she needs to calm that down we're absolutely right I mean and again it's good isn't it that it's difficult to pick one outstanding player for the year because so many players have stepped up this year in difficult circumstances and really done a great job for the team and yeah, it's great that we've got um, so many options. I mean, there you go. Andreas has given us three names. Asteen is another one, so that's four different players. Um, is anyone in the chat on anyone else? And, oh, here we go. Greg's gone, Leah Walty. Look, without a doubt. Never yeah, that's not a bad show. So that's five players. I've already got to mention five different players. That just shows the consistency of some of our team have had. Um, Jaffar's gone. Um, Steena, without a doubt. Of a doubt. Um, she got so much stick for her finishing yeah, last season. She was our top scorer. In fact, I'm going as far to say she carried that attack, especially in the league. I thought the second half of last season in particular, she got us through just the big games. You can always tell a player's mentality, how they get on in the big games, you know, the cup semi-finals, the finals, all that kind of stuff. You know, look at the goals that she scored, the big important goals last season that she scored at such big moments in those games. You know, the equaliser away at Wolfsburg in the semi-final, the winner against Bayern in the quarter-final. You know, the, she, she did score two in that second leg against Wolfsburg. One disallowed. I still don't know what it was disallowed for. Would have got us into the final. So, you know, she stepped up when it mattered. Scored in the equaliser in the Conti finals. as winner in the semi-final. So many big goals, yeah. For yeah. me, all day long, Steena. And I, I get I, I get frustrated when she doesn't start games now. And when she's coming on for 10 minutes at the end of a game, it frustrates me because she deserves better than that. For yeah, her definitely. Yeah, she really does. And what she's brought to this team... You know, she's coming off the bench and she's still focused and she's still working and she's still doing her job. She's still getting goals. And, 
yeah, it's it's a shame that she's not playing more, but maybe in the new year we'll see more of her in the team. Let's hope so. Um, but yeah, um, it's difficult though, isn't it? Because suddenly all these other names are coming up. And it's like, well, okay. Um, Cornish Gooner says, Katie for me, scored important goals, um, stepped up to captain the side during the injuries. Exactly, yeah, she did, yeah. Uh, players wherever needed, always to the highest level, so important in the way she influences the players. Absolutely no. Again, you can't argue with Katie McCarthy, absolutely not. Because she's like you said, she's had to step up. She's she's a leader of the team anyway. You know, we've got quite a few leaders on the pitch. She's one of them, definitely. And yeah, her performances again have been brilliant. Um, and so that's uh LG says there. And what I like now about Lotter is that she has personally acknowledged uh that she's no yeah. longer a prospect and that she should now be in her peak. She's turning 25 in January, by the way. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you're right, and you can see that level she's gone up, hasn't she? She's gone up that level in the last year or so with that extra responsibility. And, and you're right. She's, it's, it's sometimes easy to think of Lotta as a young player still, because she always seems like she's a young player, but you're right. She's not, she's, you know, she should be coming to her peak years and she's certainly playing as well as she's ever played. Yeah. Uh, good. Um, Jimmy says, uh, Jonas is going to have a hard time picking 11 when they're all healthy. Hey, absolutely. Uh, 100% you will. We can never pick a starting 11. It's so hard. And, um, you know, Jonas has got to do that job and it matters because he's the one who's picking the team. We can pick whoever we like. It doesn't matter because that's not what's going to happen. But it's hard for us to do it. I mean, Jonas, well, he's got a tough job. Uh, Greg says the crowd is the 12th player. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the crowd, you're absolutely right. Um, and yeah, maybe the crowd deserve a mention for uh, one of the players of the year. But I mean, Amar, who would you go with? Then obviously a lot of a lot of options, which is great to have. Who would be your choice of player of the year? Oh uh, yeah, that's again. It's all been taken. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> although I was going to potentially say I'll take me. Yeah, Stina deserves credit. She's a very underrated player, and she's scored most of our goals. She's scored so many crucial goals. Where she got back in the team, so why she doesn't play more is beyond me. Again, that's down to the manager with all the attacking options. Yes, let's hope in twenty twenty four she gets uh, more playing time. That's for another day, though. Yeah, I think as yeah, Lotta has been starting starting to form a partnership in the central defence with Amanda. It's not been easy. With all the injuries that we've had, so yeah, good mention. But yeah, you know what you're going to get from Katie week in week out, isn't it? It was brilliant for Ireland during the World Cup as well. Scores great goals for us. Uh, energy is infectious. It almost as if the team plays or is better off with her infectious energy going through them, and she inspires them to uh, to uh, play to be yeah, at the top of their games. But I'd also like to honourably mention Steph as well. I think she's made that left back position her own. She's contributing assists yeah. and goals like the one I mentioned against City. She's called she a brilliant World Cup for Australia. She's become an integral part and arguably she's cemented her place as, as the best uh, left back in the world, one of the best left backs in the, in the world, if not the best left back in the world. And uh, yeah, she, she's, there's almost no one that can replace her in that position. And uh, yeah, so it's difficult to pick, but. Anyone could do any, any one of them deserve a mention for player of the year. It's hard to pick one, but if I had to, I'd probably say Katie. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, Katie's had a great year as always. You know, she, she's the epitome of consistency, isn't she? She never has a bad game. Um, yeah, I just feel that sometimes she can get a little bit too excited in challenges and she'd like to get involved in everything. And sometimes that can be detrimental to the team. But now you're right. She's brilliant, and there's no doubt about that. LG says, top three for me. One, Katie McCabe. Two, Vicky Pullover. Three, Stina Blackstenius. Although I'm still not... A, well, if you're not a massive fan of her, you've put a third in the player of the year, then that's not too bad, is it? You must rate it in, and that's, that's good to see. <laughs> um, um, Jafar says, I agree 100%. Stina is our most clinical attacking player, yet she hardly starts. I just feel bad for you. Yeah, I feel bad for you. Yeah, I, I, it upsets me, actually, when I get the team sheet out and it's like, oh, she's on the bench again. It just annoys me a little bit. But, you know, she's coming on scoring goals, having an impact still. And I hope that 
we're not thinking of getting rid of her in January because that would be a mistake. I think that would be a mistake. She's our top goal scorer. You don't get rid of your top goal scorer, do you? Uh, Cornish Gunner says, good choice, Amar. Yeah, of course, it's a great choice for Amar. Uh, Katie McCabe, of course it is. And you can't really argue with that. So, yeah, I mean, so many contenders for player of the year and that's what we want to see. You know you've had a reasonably decent year if there's five or six different players get a mention for player of the year. You know it's been a good year. If, if you've only got one or two getting mentioned, then you know you've probably not had a good year. So we'll take the fact that the, the, the um, it's been quite a split vote, really. It's difficult to just pick one. Um, but it's my show, and I'm picking Steena because that's it. Wait, it is. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, everyone, they, all deserve, they all deserve a good mention. Um, so, yes, we will um, definitely um, enjoy that. Jimmy says, uh, who would you guys pick for the fastest pace with the ball? Oh, I don't know, actually. Pace with the ball. See, we don't tend to, not many of our players actually run with the ball, do they? Generally, we, we're quite a passing team. You, I mean, Caitlin Ford's quite quick with the ball, isn't she running with the ball? Mm. Um, I don't know, actually. Fastest with the ball. Oh, that's um, quite quicker. I don't know. That's tough. That is tough. Beth Mead, maybe. I don't know. She's not the quickest, though, is she? I don't know. It's tough, actually. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, I've never really looked at it like that. It's not like it's not like the men's game where players who have pace stand out in the men's game a lot, don't they? Because of the way the game is played. Women's game is different, isn't it? It's not about pace, so you don't tend to see that really going on very often, do you? It's more it's more of a technical game, isn't it? More of a passing technical game, movement off the ball and stuff like that. Um, Greg says Lacasse is very quick. Yeah, no, she's she's. I mean, I'm not saying we've got slow players, but speed isn't something that really gets noticed so much. Um, Jimmy's gone for ball. Yeah, I think she runs with the ball more, doesn't she, Caitlin Ford? She seems to run with the ball, so she maybe looks like she's running with it faster because she tends to run with it more than some of the other players do. Um, LG says, I, I could have put Frida, uh, but she's been mixed bag uh, from May to May. Yeah, I agree. She's not had a great year, second half of the year. You're absolutely right. Um, LG says, I think Frida is fastest with the ball, or maybe... Yeah, Kyra Cooney-Cross is a good shot, actually. She's quick with the ball. Yeah, you're right. It's difficult, isn't it? I don't know. We'll have to maybe see if there's any stats available to find out who the quickest player is, because I'm not really sure, actually. Andreas, who would you say was maybe quickest with the ball? I'm not sure. Yeah. Difficult uh, to say maybe Stina with her with her runs, or from the whole squad. Yeah. It could be, yeah. be Gio, uh, but uh, we haven't seen her in this season. But uh, I think if we remember when she was playing, she has a lot of pace. Uh, yeah, difficult to say. It's it's not not the way we we are playing. It it doesn't depend on 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 pace. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's that's why, isn't it? You don't notice pace in a women's game so much, anyway, do you? Really, because it's played a different way. Uh, who would you go for, Emily, on that one? Fastest well, with the ball. It's tough. It's the quickest, isn't it, really? the quickest on the ball. I don't know. That's really tough. They all got great skills and great pace, but oh, that is tough. I really don't know. I can't pick one if I'm being honest, but I would probably, yeah, that could be one of the forwards, I would say. I'd probably say Beth, but I mean, it's really tough. To, tough, really. Yeah, I, I think Steen is probably the quickest without the ball, the way her movement and the running in behind and stuff, but, you know, whether she's quite as quick with the ball at her feet, she never runs with the ball very often. She gets the ball in the box and sticks it in the net. She doesn't yeah. often run past people too much because she doesn't need to. That's not her game, but it's not in the women's game, is it? Um Terry says, uh, typical Arsenal fans last season, other than a couple of us rated Steena, a class act now. <laughs> yeah. 
See, I'd already ticked you down for for Jem Beatty, Terry. I'd already put you in that box for voting for Jem Beatty. But anyway, <laughs> I'm glad he's pleased to see. That's what I like to see. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's again, it's been pretty split, isn't it? You know, the, the, there's four or five players that have stood out. Obviously, Katie um, Steen has got a few votes there. Vicky Palova, um, and who else was mentioned? Um, there was a couple of others, was there? That we mentioned um, Vicky Palova, Steena, uh, Katie McKay. Lotta. Oh, Lotta, of course, Lotta, yeah, Lotta as well, yeah. So there's been a few different options there, which is good, isn't it? Leah Walty got a mention as well earlier. So yeah, we've had a few, um, a few there. So it's good that we've got all those options. And yeah, it's, it's tough just to pick one standout player, but I'm, I'm going for Steena because she deserves it. Um, so that is all our awards. Just one more thing, actually. What I want to just do, obviously, Amar's got his he's got his question for us as well. But just before we do that, I just want to do this quickly, just quickly between the three of us. Maybe you guys in the chat as well, um, just to see what we what we want for this. <laughs> so New Year coming, and it's time to maybe what are our hopes for twenty twenty four for this group of players? Um, what what do we expect or what do we hope that this team can achieve in the year of 2024? Andreas, what would be your hopes for the 2024? Realistic hopes are um, winning a trophy again, whether it's FA Cup or Conti Cup, uh, and yeah. uh, just uh, reaching qualification for Champions League. Um, yeah, to be realistic, I don't think we'll win the league title. But uh, we are able to win a cup trophy, and this this would be great if we manage this. And uh, yeah, you mentioned the whole year 2024. Then and being back in Champions League, I hope that we will will have uh, a great season uh, with the top teams in Europe again in uh, in autumn. I mean, I'm sure we would all that we would all love all those things out, wouldn't we? Definitely. Um, Amar, what's your hopes then for 2024 for this team, this club? I mean, I wouldn't say the league title is out of the out of uh, the question, but we probably have to win pretty much every game and uh, can't afford uh, any more performances. I mean, one or two new signings, yeah, another trophy, another one I've desired the most, which we haven't won, will be eight years now. And the fact we've been in two finals since and lost, winning the FA Cup at Wembley would just make my season as well. I mean, it'll be great to see. Hopefully, somebody stopped Chelsea and. Uh, from winning every trophy in MMA's last season. So that would be my hope. And also hopefully getting back into the Champions League without having to play any of those uh, silly qualifiers, or maybe one qualifying round. So, yeah, one a trophy, a couple of new signings. But the most I'd desire would be to win the FA Cup of Wembley. That would be great. It would be great. Absolutely, it would be great. No question about that. Uh, Terry says, win everything. <laughs> w so obviously, that would be... We all hope that's what's going to happen. Again, as Andrew and said, sort of realistically, what realistic hopes have we got? LG says, win the WSL, although I feel the Spurs result was a massive blow. It was. Um, to win the league now, we need to be perfect for the 12 remaining Absolutely. games. about perfect, I think everybody's going to drop more points. You know, we're only three points off. You know, we've still got to play uh, Man City and Chelsea again. So we've got the opportunity in our hands to beat them. And then that makes up that three points. And then... They'll probably drop some points elsewhere. We'll probably drop some points elsewhere. I don't think it's gone. It is tough now. Absolutely, it is going to be tough. But to win the WSL is the dream. Obviously, that would be now yeah. what's left of the season. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? To win the WSL, take yeah. it off Chelsea uh, to give Emma the, the proper send off that she deserves. Um, but yeah, I agree with Amar. Winning the FA Cup 
after a long time without it. You know, we've won it more than anybody else. Um, that would be a great way to finish the season, wouldn't it? You know, to win that FA Cup. And it's a step up. Winning the Conti Cup last year, winning the FA Cup this season, maybe that's the springboarding to go on and win the WSL the year after. But the one yeah. thing is absolutely right, what Andrea said as well, let's qualify for the Champions League without the need for these stupid qualifiers. Let's get in that top two and make sure we're in it next year straight away in the group stage. And that, that's obviously got to be the aim as well. And if we win a trophy, we finish in the top two in the WSL. I think sitting here now, in May, we'll look on that as a successful season, a very successful season, won't we? Um, and, you know, we can't really ask for much more than that. Winning the league would be amazing. And, you know, we're not out of it yet. You know, Cornish Goodness says we are oh, out of the league. Of course we're not. Of course we're not. It's course tough. Not. It's, we've made it. Had we beaten Tottenham, we would we would be well in there fighting away, wouldn't we? Now, it's. I know it's only one game and you think, well, one game, half a season, but it's not... The, the women's game is not like the Premier League where you can say you can make two or three bad games and get away with it. In the WSL, it's tough. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Greg says, should win at least two Ooh. trophies uh, and no serious injuries. It would be nice to win two trophies. And obviously, no injuries would be would be amazing, of course. We don't want any more injuries. We've had far too many, far too many. Um, but I'm optimistic that we're going to have a good 2024. Um, can we achieve some of these aims? Yes, I, I think we can. I think we can definitely win a trophy or two. I think we can definitely finish in the top two in the league, qualify for the Champions League, and then hopefully we can start next season well. So when we're looking back this time next year on 2024, we're looking back on some great memories again and some great moments and hopefully another trophy or two. Yeah. Um, but let's. Uh, but no, we're not out of the league yet, but it's, it's tough now. It's going to be really tough and Let's, we do need to win most of our games, let's be honest. We're going to have to win most of them, aren't we? Um, so that was our little end-of-season awards. Um, the the the, um, the medals will be sent out in the post to the players. LG says, only the WSL champions gets direct entry. Man, you finish second. Oh, you and that's right. Yeah, one qualifier. Straight into a two. Yeah, you don't have got to go through that stupid qualifying group system thing that starts in the middle of the summer. Uh, but no, you're right. You only need a Champions quite automatically, yeah. But I'd be quite happy just to go for a two-legged game like we did last year, and that wouldn't be so bad. But yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, uh, only the Champions qualify directly. But yeah, um, I'll take second place and just that knockout game will do for me. But let's win it, obviously. That's that's the aim, surely, to still win it, and we can. But, but yeah, it's going to be tough, you're right, and we'll have to win. Most of our game, if we you know we've got a you know, we've had a bit of a break now, we can put the Tottenham game behind us. If we win pretty much every game between now and the end of the season, we'll probably win the treble. Yeah, and in fact, if we did win every game, we would win the treble. Yeah, so, so, you know, let's look at it like that. Why not? Let's be optimistic yeah, yeah. and say we can, but is that realistic? Not? I don't know. I don't know. We've got the squad to do it, but I don't know. Uh, Terry says, Remember how lucky well, we are. Standing off He's all right. Stop slagging him off. Well, he's doing well now. He's doing well now. He's doing all right now. Yeah, he's settled in. He's settled in, man. Settled in. He's playing well at the minute, actually. He's, he's playing well. Um, he's playing. So, what we need to do then before we end this brilliant show, our last show of 2023 is uh, Amar has got something very special for us. I'm very sure he has. And, of course, I've got my pen and my paper ready for the final question of 2023. Amar, take it away. What have it's you got funny to... you should say that. I was going to actually say what was the overall goal difference for Arsenal women in 2023, but you already mentioned the games they played <laughs> and the goals they scored <laughs> and the goals they conceded. So, but, however, I did come up with another question. Okay, okay. so my, question, my final question for 2023 is this. 
how many countries represented by uh, the Arsenal women's team are also represented by players playing at this year's PDC World Darts Championship? What? I don't watch darts. How would I have a clue? Oh, but yes. Come on. The countries that are represented by Arsenal women, how many of those have kind of have players playing for them right, okay. representing the PDC oh, World Championship? Okay, okay. Um, right. One, two, three. I know you watch darts, but still, come on. It's still, yeah. I think all countries that are represented by Arsenal women and how many uh, players playing uh, representing those countries at the PDC World Championship? Um, right, okay. Um, who, play, who plays darts, man? I was trying to think of the player that played. I ain't watched darts for years. I'm going to go with one, two, three. I've written down five countries here. I'm going to go with M5 to start with. Okay. So what countries have you got written down? England. Yes. Scotland. Yes. Holland. Holland, Netherlands, yes. Australia. Australia. Oh. And the last one I've got, I had a choice between two. I've gone with Sweden. Well, yeah, you got five right there. However, it's not quite quite the full amount. Almost, but not quite. Yeah, Is you got more? five. There's more. Wow, okay. You said five. So you um, said yeah. You said England, Netherlands, Scotland, um, Australia, and Sweden, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Terry Terry has gone with seven. So that would be two Ooh. extra ones. Uh, Dan's gone with four. Well, Dan's obviously wrong because there's more than four because we've already got seven. Um, Cornish Guna says darts. Bristow was still playing last time. <laughs> I was in the eighties. I was in the eighties. That was in the eighties. Greg's gone with eight. So we've got a seven and an eight oh, there, obviously. Gross. We know it's more than five because we've got five already. So it's like... So just wait, just, shout, just shout yours out against you. You said England, Scotland, Netherlands, Australia and, and Sweden. What, what about Norway and Denmark? Uh, <laughs> Norway and Denmark, no, sorry. That's wrong. <laughs> the other one I had there now, by the way, I did have one more. I, I couldn't decide between Sweden. It was, the other one was Switzerland. No, uh, not Switzerland. In fact, uh, yeah, no, it's not no, not Switzerland, not Denmark, not Norway, unfortunately. Austria? Austria is correct, yes. Austria is correct. Rusty oh, Rodriguez. Okay. Rusty Jake Rodriguez is Austrian. Austria. Is he? So that's six then. Is there any that's more than six? Yeah, it's more than six. Uh -huh. It is more than six. Oh, well, maybe <laughs> Terry or Greg might have this right then. So there's at least one, one or two more. Right, okay. I'm trying to think of what other nations are in our in our squad. Canada. Canada's are correct as well. Oh, come on. I'm doing well at this. I don't even watch darts. Canada is correct. Is there any more? Seven. There's seven. Is any there more? more? Uh, yes, there is, is there more. more. There's, there's there more. Is more. Oh, there is more. Okay. So you're Terry can't be right off. then. You're not far off here. You're not far off. Um, okay. Yeah, so you said England, Scotland, uh, Australia, Canada. Um, what the other one? Yeah, you said Austria, you said Sweden, and yeah. I think you said seven. Ireland? Yes, Republic of Ireland is correct. So the answer was eight. The answer is eight. Yes. 
Ireland, of course. Ireland, yes, obviously Ireland. So Greg yeah. says, hey, Greg, you got yeah, it right. Canada went with Spain. No, not Spain. Oh, Spain was a good shout. No, but it no, no, no Spanish dodge players, I'm afraid. Of course, yeah, we've got um, we've got Leia Cadena, who's not really played that much, but yeah. No, but I just looked at the answers. Hey, yeah, so England, Scotland, Republic of Ireland, Canada, Australia, uh, Sweden, Austria, and um, I can't remember what the other one was now, but yeah, I think it was eight. Canada, Canada. Yeah, yeah, I've got eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've got eight written down there. Yeah, eight, yeah so the answer was eight. <laughs> so Greg got it right with eight. Well done, Greg. Well, Greg, well done. I knew whether that was a guess, but either way, you've done well to get eight because I'd never have thought it was that many. Um, so Terry was close with seven, but yeah, he that was quite an interesting question, wasn't it? Since none of us watched Dark, we did quite well considering. <laughs> I don't, why not? I know, yeah, fair enough. We're still. Well, at the end of the day, it's just the countries that we've got players in, I suppose, that was kind of give it away a little bit. But um, that was good, actually. I quite enjoyed thinking about all the different countries that might play darts. Because um, <laughs> it's not a universal sport, is it, darts? I wouldn't have thought. It's a fun game, isn't it? But I think it's great. Yeah. No, I mean, it's. I used to watch it back in the day. It's like as Cornish Gunnison with Eric Bristol. I used to watch it back then. Um, but I've not watched. I, I did see there was that. Was it a sixteen-year-old guy? Did he win something? Yes, he's actually won guy. tonight. He's actually won his last latest match tonight. He's through to the fourth round. He's playing well, Luke Littler. Yeah, he's through. Wow, because he's, he's only six. He looks about twenty-five, doesn't he? No, he's only sixteen. Yeah, there was they were chanting him in the crowd. They're saying you've got school in the morning, but yeah, doesn't actually go to school. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't. He looks about thirty. That's why. No, he's well, he's through to the last sixteen, so he's playing brilliantly. No, well, fair play to him. I mean, you know, someone that young doing that well, because yeah. you don't often get young players doing that well in darts, do you? It seems uh, like you need that extra experience from playing for a long time. I don't know, but um, no, fair play to him, even though he looks like he's a lot older than 16. But there you go. <laughs> he's had a tough background, hasn't he? Um, Gunner Dan says, who is that idiot with the punk haircut? Wouldn't have a Oh, point. Peter Wright. I think he's about Peter Wright, the Scotsman. Yeah, Peter Wright. He's, he's got punk hair, is he? I'll have to yeah, he always has funny hairstyles. Yeah, yeah. Funny does he? Cool. Okay. And he's Scottish, is he? Yeah, he's Scottish. Always. He's two-time world champion, actually. Yeah, he's done well. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Well, there you go. There you go. There we go. Um, so, uh, anyway. So, that was that was a, a bit of a darts question, a bit of a yeah. ask the women's question, all thrown into one, which is quite good. Um, so, we enjoyed that, didn't we? Um, so yeah, there was eight anyway. Eight different nations that representing the Arsenal women's team also have got players in the darts championship, which is good. Um, so that has been the review of 2023, which has been an up and down year. Good moments, some not so good moments, but ultimately we've won a trophy. Uh, we've signed some great players. We've had seen some great goals go in. We've had some great moments in the stadium ourselves as well. Um, and we're looking forward to much, much more of the same in 2024, aren't we? There's maybe some better moments as well. Some more trophies would be nice and some more great goals and some more great signings and all kinds of great stuff to happen in 2024. So that's going to be good. Uh, Terry says, great show again, Richard, Andreas, Amar. Um, your time is much appreciated. And we appreciate all you guys watching. All your comments have been great tonight. Thanks for getting involved. Um, everyone in the chat tonight, thank you for getting involved in the show, giving us your votes for your um, favourites and lots of favourites as well, which is always nice to get your views as well, um, which is great. Um, don't forget, I'll be back tomorrow with the Arsenal game against West Ham. It's quarter past eight kickoffs, so I'll be at eight o'clock for that one. So join me for that. It's going to be good. Um, Friday, we're doing we're doing this, but we're doing the, the Arsenal men's review of 2023 on Friday at eight o'clock. 
Um, so join me for that one, of course. And then Sunday, the final game of the year, the final show of the year, Arsenal against Fulham on New Year's Eve, two o'clock kickoff. I'll be here for that one as well. So that will be good. Um, Greg says there, thanks for a good night. Rock on 24. Exactly. That's what we're looking forward to, my friend. A great 2024 for everybody. Um, I'll say that's been 2023 for the Arsenal women. We won a trophy. We're happy. It's been a good year overall. We've got some great moments and great memories. Um, Andreas, have you enjoyed 2023 with us here? Enjoyed the Arsenal women in 2023 as well? Yeah, of course I enjoyed I enjoyed the show and uh, the fact that we were uh, discussing now um, nearly two hours shows that uh, yeah. Um, yeah. the Arsenal women really had an interesting year and uh, a lot happened uh, to our team and uh, yeah, it was to discuss all this and uh, yeah, uh, to have all these awards, uh, bringing back the memories from, from the year. And, uh, of course, uh, it was a year with, with a lot of great shows and discussions with you guys. I enjoyed this very, very much. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of this. And uh, thanks for having me. And uh, it was a great year. I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the year. Looking forward to everything that's coming. Yeah, hopefully more of the same. Well, just better, even 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 better stuff in 2024. That's what we hope. Um, LG says, uh, thanks to you three for this amazing show, see you in 2024. Thank you very much for, for joining us and being part of it. That's what yeah, we like to hear. Yes. Good to, that you enjoyed it as well. Call yeah, me yeah. It's Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, of course, if you're not going to be watching the men's shows that we've got coming up, obviously, uh, Happy New Year to everyone watching this show. We'll be back, of course, in January for the first game. The FA Cup game is against what was our first game. So we'll be on the Friday before that, which is the... Um, is that the 12th, isn't it? 12th of January, because the game's on the 14th. Isn't that's it? correct. Yeah, that's yeah, on 12th of January. Yeah, next game yeah, is so we'll be back on the, on the 12th of January for our first show of 2024. Hopefully, we'll have a, a signing or two to talk about. A new signing, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? So, we'll yeah. see what happens there. Amar, as well, good to see you again. Have you enjoyed 2023 with us? Have you enjoyed yeah. watching the Arsenal women in 2023 as well? Yeah, no, it's been good following the progress. It's been a year like no other, but yeah, we'll keep us to come back, hold high hopes in 2024. Hopefully we'll win a trophy or two. And yeah, no, long way I'll continue to be part of this discussion group. It's great. And uh, hopefully there'll be plenty more for us to cheer going forward. So yeah, I look forward to what the new year has to bring. And I can't wait. Exactly. Well said. And we totally agree. And I'm sure 2024 is going to be another great year. Um, not only for the Arsenal women, as I'm sure it will be, but also for us here on this show as well. And for all you lot that watch us as well, which we do appreciate every single week. Um, Terry says, have a great rest of your time off. And happy New Year to you three. All in the chat. Hit the thumbs up before you go. Indeed, hit the thumbs up as well before you go. Uh, so I'll be back tomorrow for the West Ham game. Uh, Eight o'clock, I'll be here. Looking forward to that one. Um, two more games left of the year for the men. Let's hope we can finish the year in style. Top of the league would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, and that'll be good. So join me for that one tomorrow. Obviously, thank you very much to Andreas coming off his sick bed to be with us tonight. I hope you're feeling better. Than <laughs> um, and of course, to Amar as well um, for joining us for this special show at the end of the year. Uh, Terry says there, uh, Richard Andreas, no, it's been emotional. Wouldn't change a thing. No, we wouldn't change a thing. My friend, we're glad that you're enjoying it all. Greg says, I'll be 65 on the 11th. Uh, good well, birthday, okay. present show on the 12th. Oh, there you go. Well, you know, happy birthday for the 11th. Obviously, we'll see you on the 12th anyway. Um, wow, 65, fantastic. That's a decent number. So, yeah, you'll, you'll be catching up with, uh, with Andreas soon, won't you? I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but there'll be, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a happy birthday for you on the, on the 12th. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so yeah, have, have a obviously enjoy the rest of your, your time off. Have a great new year, peaceful new year. Uh, we'll see you for the women's show in January. I'll be back tomorrow for the men's game. Um, I say thanks to Andreas, thanks to Amar, thanks to all you guys in the chat. Give us a like before you go, of course, and we'll see you soon. That has been at 2023. It has been emotional. It's been a wrap. See you later, guys. Thanks for watching. Okay, Come guys. on, you gunners. Let's make 2024 the best one yet. Hey? Let's do it. Come on. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. See you later, guys. Take it easy. Thanks for watching. Bye, guys. Take care.